Hey, Fidelity. What's it cost to invest with the Fidelity app? Start with as little as $1 with no account fees or trade commissions on U.S. stocks and ETFs. Hmm, that's music to my ears. I can only talk. Investing involves risk, including risk of loss. Zero account fees apply to retail brokerage accounts only. Zero dollar commission applies to online U.S. equity trades and ETFs and retail Fidelity accounts. Sell order assessment fee not included. Some account types and securities excluded. Details at fidelity.com slash commissions. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC. Member NYSE SIPC. Are you tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? Well, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yes, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Just watch me love myself That's all I want Got what I want That's all I want I'm not sorry I'm Claire Fallon. And I'm Emma Gray. And this is Love to See It, an obsessively detailed recap podcast about reality dating shows like The Bachelor and other pop culture that makes us laugh, cry, and curse the patriarchy. We can't live with these shows and we can't live without them, but we can break down every juicy moment and unpack all the weird messages these shows send us about love, sex, and dating. Welcome to Love to See It, a podcast about a show that's so long I've forgotten what happened at the beginning of the week. By the end of the week, we had four hours of Bachelor in Paradise this week, and they were so chaotic. I I don't even know how to talk about what happened, but yeah. but we are going. We're gonna to. try. We're gonna I, dive in. I finished taking the notes. I looked back at the top of the notes doc, and I was like, "What? I don't remember any of this." Exactly. It's a haze. I know. Full full blackout, and unfortunately, <laughs> per the schedule, it looks like we're in for four hours of television. Until the show ends. I feel like this is just a great example of how they managed to take everything that you love about the franchise and ruin it. Like, we're always like, oh my God, Paradise, we're so excited. We love Paradise. And then they make it four hours of Paradise. And we're like, well, now you ruined it. Now I'm not looking forward to it anymore. I just want to sit sit with some of the things that happen. Right. There's never any sitting. I need some space. (laughs) So let's start right in with episode two. This week, of course, it's the second episode. We finally get our goofy sitcom intros. Truly one of my favorite things about about this show. Yeah. A couple standouts. Shanae happily watching a giant bonfire burn. Uh, That was creative. We've never seen one quite like that before. Uh, Hunter getting pelted with toilet paper rolls. She's really committed to the idea. She should have said no to at least one of these toilet paper based. I'm just hoping that she gets some like IBS medication spawn con at least out of this. Yeah. I hope that there's like some sort of creative partnership in the future for her. Uh, Logan can't choose between two mixed drinks, which yeah, it's, it's a, it's a little joke. Jesse throws a football and Wells catches a coconut, which he hand juices into a glass. 
I liked that. I feel like Wells is getting more and more into into his intro every year. Yeah. He just looks so comfortable. He's like, I am the gossip of paradise. I'm thriving. (laughs) He's living his best life. It's morning on the beach when we reopen. Serene and Brandon are hanging out. They're basically already married. She's just showering them both with a coat of spray on sunscreen. Brandon literally holds an engagement ring in his intro. I feel like yeah. they're just like, yeah, they're together. We've, yeah, that's it. Yeah. We've given up on his any thing drama. is he's going to propose and we yeah. all know who he's going to propose to. <laughs> um, Haley runs down the couples for us. Andrew and Teddy, Hunter and Johnny, Justin and Genevieve, Shanae and Logan. And Haley's like, I wish I were with Logan. Lace is alone mm-hmm. in a corner. That's been her move so far. That's about to change. Lace is going to get in the game. And with that, it's time for the Genevieve and Justin drama to start unrolling with the arrival of Victoria. Genevieve is like feeling confident. She's like, yes, this is an 11 out of 10. (laughs) I'm not sure that their chemistry really merits that rating, but sure, she's feeling good. I mean, it seems like he hasn't talked to anyone else. Like he has been really focused on her, even though we sense no chemistry at all through the screen. On either side, to be clear. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> They're both just like slightly repelled from each other in like a friendly, chill way. And here comes Victoria Fuller. She's like, no one is more surprised I'm back here than me. I have to keep Googling why it's weird that she's back because I watched Peter's season on like three hours of sleep a night. I she had, had a like rough a, an infant. I was so tired. She did. She like... She was into, she had a thing with Peter, but then they put her on a date with her ex as the musical act. And then also, like, brought a woman on camera to tell Peter that Victoria is like a big slut who sleeps with right. men. Oh, I forgot about that part. Oh, and also, she got canceled off screen because she was in those like White Lives Matter. Like yeah, that was that, that I do fault her for the other stuff. I, <laughs> yeah, I do fault her I for don't. that. Um, so she's back and she's ready to re-enter the meat grinder. Obviously, she's into Justin, and she's in a bikini and sarong. She's looking to me, Queen Bee Hottie slash Mean Girl from an early aughts teen movie. She truly has a face that is like meant to be a part of the plastics. Yes, like she's perfect looking. And just carries herself with that kind of, like, slight arrogance. It's just like, I know I'm, like, the hottest shit on this beach. And you're not wrong. She's not entirely wrong. So (laughs) Jesse offers her a date card as she heads in. And immediately all the women are intimidated because they feel this, too. They're like, she's going to be the hottest commodity. All the guys are going to want Victoria. The guys on the beach and the women, to be fair, never really care about any on or off screen bad shit that any of these people have done. They're always just like, they're hot. They're here. Like who cares about those t-shirts she modeled? Like that's not relevant. (sighs) She starts pulling the guys. Uh, Also to be fair, a lot of the men I guarantee have no idea that this scandal occurred. Honestly, they don't do their research at all. Yeah. They might have watched a couple episodes, but they definitely were not, like, following the gossip mags. No. So, she talks to Johnny first. Johnny, what do you think happens here? He's like, what's your name, Caroline? (laughs) I truly was torn about whether Johnny 
definitely just forgot her name, which would be completely fair. And I believe is a distinct possibility. But part of me was like, is he negging her? Like his he game might have play been is her. so good that I was like, maybe this is a move. I mean, the thing is that they're both so good at seduction and flirting that like yes. they handled this in such a way that it makes it quite plausible that it was a move. Like he's not faced at all that he said the wrong name and she isn't either. She jokes. She's like, oh, Caroline, I'm going to start going by that. And he's like, yeah, it's a sexy name. Like <laughs> they just turn it into something to flirt about. Um, not how it went with Logan and Lace whatsoever. <laughs> No, it's like the opposite of that interaction. Then she pulls Justin. Genevieve is crumbling. Genevieve is Within losing it. Genevieve has, has lacks what I would call grit or fortitude under these circumstances. The minute that like one small thing appears to not be going her way, she just like completely crumples. And that's like a rough quality to have in paradise because that is the entire game. You have to know yourself like me. If you know that you lack grit and fortitude, you have to build your life around like sitting alone in an apartment with a cup of tea, like <laughs> never putting yourself exactly <laughs> never putting yourself in the position yeah. to be rejected publicly. Yeah. Coddle yourself, <laughs> shield yourself. <laughs> Um, so Genevieve is like, I can't believe this. Tomorrow is my birthday. I'm going to go home on my birthday. And Haley's like, they literally have, are just having a conversation. Like she's manifesting this to happen at this point. And Victoria does ask Justin on the date. He agrees to go. And Genevieve on the verge of tears is ready to start sobbing. She's like, I'm going to lose Justin. It's over. I can't believe this is happening to me. I'm more interested in Justin in one day than I was in Clayton in a month. I the believe Clayton that. Slander. I do believe it, but wow, the Clayton slander continues. They I mean, will not. They will not let up. They always do this because it's like the reference point that we have for their romantic history is The Bachelor that they dated, and they're always like, "Oh, I'm so much more interested in this guy than in Clayton." And it's like, well, yeah, you you talk to him like three times, and. <laughs> he was pre-selected for you. So I'm not surprised that you're more into Justin. But does that mean that Justin is like your soulmate per se? Like it's a really low bar he's clearing right now <laughs> that you like him more than Clayton. Like the last two of the three conversations you had with Clayton were him being like, are you bullying Shanae and are you an actress? Like what yeah, was to like about great. that for you? <laughs> so uh. she's like immediately spiraling, melting down, crying, um, sobbing alone. Um, but before Justin and Victoria leave for their date, he, they pass her on the stairs and he just sort of wheels around, follows her and sits down with she her for a conversation. She does the classic, which I am familiar, the classic passive aggressive girl move, which is like stare at someone in the eye and don't speak to them and then walk <laughs> away as if you like haven't seen them. <laughs> and he's like, I feel, I sense the Genevieve needs a conversation right now. Um, and he sits her down and he's like, look, I'm always going to have a conversation. This is paradise. I'd want you to do the same thing. We're exploring our options. I'd be bummed if someone took you on a date, but I want us to end up together because we've explored everything and our connection is the best. I just want to flag. Yeah. Keep an eye on that for later. <laughs> <laughs> and Genevieve is like, I'm fine. No one has ever seemed less fine. In the history of this show. He's like, okay, well, what can I do? They part ways. 
And Genevieve just sort of, for the duration of his date, just sort of mopes around the beach, word vomiting about how she's going to go home. Yeah. And he better have a clear answer for her. Like, she's just completely spiraling and working herself up yeah. for hours. She's totally just, like, having two different conversations repeatedly with everyone. And one of them is like, I'm going to lose Justin. I can't believe this is happening to me. I liked him so much. I really saw a future with him. And the other one is like, if he comes back and he's conflicted at all, I'm done. I'm going to leave. I'm going to pack my bags. I'm not going to fight for him. Like, this is basically already yeah. over. I'm going Maybe home I Maybe I didn't even like him <laughs> because I saw these things about him that I didn't like. I mean, yeah. It is, it is a full-on spiral. And because she's talking to everyone about it, which... Again, I I relate to her anxiety uh, and her slightly unhealthy coping time, uh, <laughs> mechanisms. All everyone knows that this is happening, including yeah. all of Justin's best friends. Right. I was like, don't you want to put on a slightly brave face for Justin's friends so that when <laughs> Justin comes back, he hears that you were having fun, exploring other connections, that you're a hot commodity and not. She didn't Andrew, handle disappointment well. will you secretly well? go to Justin <laughs> when he gets back and then report back to me? Like, no. Yeah, she's like, without betraying your tr- his trust in you, can you just get information <laughs> from him and then tell me without telling him that I asked you to do this? And he's like, well, I think Justin's going to talk to you. Like, we don't have to do all that. Like, he'll talk to you. And um, he, he kind of reassures her. He's like, you don't have anything to worry about. This is not actually what what Andrew thinks. Like, you're not going to actually get comfort from Andrew. He barely knows you. His loyalty is to Justin. And he's just trying to be sweet, which I think was the the correct tactic. Meanwhile, Victoria and Justin are on their date. They're having a lot of fun ATVing. Afterwards, they sit by a waterfall and chat. And they're like, we're so similar. I don't really see evidence of this. (laughs) But look, that's what they feel. This is what people say. Um... I think when they have a similar Are mutually sense of humor attracted. and they're attracted to each other. <laughs> like he's like, I made a joke and you laughed and then you made a joke and I laughed. We're so similar and we're both hot. Um, he's like, it takes a special person to immediately connect without effort. He's really feeling the, the vibe. Um, Justin continues, I think, throughout this whole day to kind of seem to me like he's just not that enthusiastic to be in paradise. But he does seem to have fun ATVing, and they splash around by the waterfall. Things Maybe are going he's just well. More of an act, more of an activities guy. You know? <laughs> His love language is activities. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> my love language is couch. Other people, it's activities. <laughs> uh, some of the other couples are, meanwhile, hanging out at the resort, and people are trying to feel out what's going to happen before the rose ceremony. So. We see Shanae and Kira chatting by the pool, having a girl chat. And poor Kira, as we discussed, had a rough first oh. night. She's, and it continues to it be continues. kind of rough. Like, her energy is just off from her actions. Like, something is not clicking for me or or for her, I think. Yeah, something's not quite working. And she senses this. She's like, I feel like... I am putting myself out there, but like I'm not getting anything back from the men and I don't like it. And Shanae's like, well, you're being the man in the relationship you're pursuing. And Kira's like, yeah, it's weak dick energy. 
so is many there, things. Is it just like <laughs> lack of interest? Like, uh, first of all, yeah, being the man. Oh God, that's a whole. Well, it's fu- it's funny to me because like the Bachelor <laughs> franchise is so invested in gender norms and gender archetypes and roles, and so Bachelor in Paradise just creates just like a little bit of expected role reversal because some portions of the season women are supposed to be pursuing there there are more of them and and fewer guys and it just always reliably creates this like minor meltdown over how no one is doing their gender roles right it's like the men should be pursuing us they're men and if they're not pursuing us then they have weak dicks and like i i shouldn't be the man that's like perverse yeah if I if I have to pursue, like, I don't even know how to do that. Like, how would one even begin right. to show interest overtly? It's like, yeah, it really is. It really does just there, show the the anxiety over being put in a position that you've kind of been socialized yeah. to, there, to feel is, like, wrong. And I think that's something about The Bachelor specifically, too, because we see a little bit of it on other dating shows that, that women will be like, oh, well, I like to be pursued. But I feel like The Bachelor specifically always puts so much emphasis on proper gender roles. And we always see so much angst among the women that's like immediately as soon as the men have the roses, they're like, well, I don't want to pursue. Like, I want them to pursue us. I hate this. This isn't right. Like, this isn't how it should be. And it just yeah. is like last season, we saw a lot of those conversations. So, and we've sure. seen a lot already this season. Um, So... <laughs> Kira tells Shanae she's narrowed it down to two guys she's interested in and she's like is that too much and Shanae's like no that's great but like don't be so forceful like don't be like really forceful with them and Kira's like am I being too forceful and Shanae's like well I don't know what your conversations are like I'm not there <laughs> It seems clear that Shanae has some sense that Kira is being too forceful. Yeah, I do actually feel like in this moment, Shanae is trying to give some like gentle, but perhaps good advice. Like, Yeah, but unfortunately, maybe... Kira immediately picks up that she is being told that she's been too forceful. And Shanae does not want to explicitly say that. She's not like, you did uh, rub Casey's nipples without his consent. And he didn't seem into it. Uh, Yeah. Kira's feeling really good about things with Casey. She's like, I do like Casey. And I've done my part. I told him I was interested in him. And I rubbed his nipples. So balls in his court, basically. (laughs) Cut to Casey and Michael just exuding some geriatric millennial energy on their like daily stroll of the beach, catching yeah. up as the the elders. I think we <laughs> we have a clip of Casey's recap of his evening. Dude, last night she grabbed me and immediately started like playing with my nipples. I'm like, all right, like calm down. And then <laughs> told me her love language was <laughs> really. <laughs> Swear to God, she's like, I love. <laughs> Let's go crazy. I'm like. Yeah, no. Oh my god. <laughs> this girl's really got a kink. Yeah. Um, which again, no, it's no, no there's no, no judgment. There's no judgment. Look, I don't know you. I did appreciate that they <sighs> caught themselves being like, no, to be clear, we're not kink shaming. We're not slut shaming. We're not kink shaming. Yeah. We love that her love language is fucking. Unfortunately, that's not her. our love language. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Casey was like, my love language is tacos. So that's not a match. He's like, I'm I'm 100% ready to get engaged. I need a good girl. I lots to unpack. That. Yeah, lots to unpack in this exchange. Because it's like, there is a whole dialogue that's like, 
wow, she's so sexual. It's crazy. And like, I need a good girl if I'm going to get married. That is a little Madonna whore dichotomy that we don't love to see. Also, it's not cool to just like grab someone and rub their nipples if they don't want you to and have not consented to that. Right. Just because someone is a man doesn't mean <laughs> that you have license to grope them. Like that's right. not okay. And it is this interesting thing that we're seeing. Casey almost struggle to know how to talk about that experience. It's like we haven't given men good scripts on either end for how to understand consent. Like, straight men like for themselves and also towards others and so he's like falling back on these these tropes of like well she's just too crazy for me and too much of a bad girl when it's like the problem seems to be that you had a boundary and it was violated right like there there definitely can be a sense that like i'm not that sexually driven of a person like that's not we're not compatible i don't like that my boundaries were violated and that I was touched without my consent. But like, it's like the only register that men are given to discuss this in is basically slut shaming. So exactly. And then he, they, yeah, they're catching themselves. They're being like, that's fine. Like, it's not bad, but like, I didn't like it for me personally, but it just comes out in the language of slut shaming. (laughs) Exactly. It's like, that's the only way that men know how to talk about it. Um, so I thought that was, that was a fascinating conversation. It was. Um, so Kira does not at this point know that things with Casey are not going as she expected, but it clearly becomes clear to her later without it ever coming up again. We don't see how that relationship (laughs) resolves. Um, Jacob, meanwhile, is courting the ladies by leading them in squats. He's leading Sierra and Hunter in a full workout routine on the beach Two women who I suspect have no interest in him, but he is being a good trainer. It's also just like you've got to show to the other women who are sitting up having their mimosas that like you got what it takes. You could kick their butt into shape, you know. Jacob's body anxiety is so palpable and like it makes me feel sad. Yeah, this was a tough section. He's like doing his in the moment he says i don't think anybody thinks i'm a model if they do great i mean i've heard it before i think i'm my perfect self but i definitely could have even more chiseled abs and then he stands up and starts like pointing it's like he's like a sorority girl and he has is his own pledge and he's marking the bits that jiggle with the sharpie it was so upsetting i was like don't put this on tv this is like yeah, deeply there was triggering no, there was no reason to air this it was it was triggering And again, for the fucking umpteenth time, reminds us that there are no fat people on this show and there is zero body diversity on this show. And so we're sitting there watching this like chiseled man like critique his own body and thus any fat at all. Like it's, it's shitty. It sends a shitty message to the people watching. And it's also frankly really upsetting to watch him doing that to himself like it's all unhealthy and we didn't need to see it it was completely unnecessary yeah he's like there's just this little bit of fat right like any bit of fat i guess is completely unacceptable and he also is like talking about how he wants his legs and shoulders to be bigger and 
one thing that this show also feeds into, which is a growing problem, is men feeling like they have to look like fucking Marvel superheroes that like the new body standard for men is that you have to be incredibly jacked and we see that men on the bachelor franchise are getting buffer and buffer and they show up on the beach even buffer than they were on the show and it's not healthy to expect men to just like pack on enormous amounts of like arm and leg muscle like it's not for most men like a natural way that their body develops to just have these huge defined pecs and arm muscles. And a lot of men are developing like serious problems with body dysmorphia around that. And so I was like, great, thanks for calling attention to how you're like feeding into all of these problems around people's bodies. And and it just had no use. Like it wasn't particularly funny. Just like, yeah, just don't do this. Don't do this, Bachelor. Yeah. Uh, <sighs> meanwhile, Sierra is really feeling Michael. I'm sorry, Zaddy. Yeah, Zam Zaddy, she keeps saying. <laughs> um, but she's like, I want to be realistic. He's got the child. So we need to have more real conversations, not just like making out and being like, you're handsome. So they snuggle up and they talk about it a little bit. Um, Michael tells her that he doesn't usually date multiple people. He just wants to hang out with her. And she's like, yeah, I like you. I want to hang out with you. And he talks a little bit about how hard dating has been since his wife died and how he gets excited in the minute. cried. Yeah. Oh, this was so sad. He's like, I get excited in the beginning. Then when it gets more intense, I get scared. And in in the moment, he he cries and he's like, I haven't met the right person yet, but I hope to meet her here. I want to get back to stability and building. Oh. God, it made me really emotional. He yeah. also, and Sierra gets choked up hearing him talk about it. And he talks about how he started sleeping Aww. across like his entire bed yeah. after Laura died, you know, in order to to not just stay like on his side. And like that, I don't, I'm crying right now. Like that got me so much. Like, yeah, it's just, it's just like so crazy to watch Michael who has experienced such profound loss and has such a particular appreciation for the value of like intimacy and long-term relationships be thrown into this show. Yeah. (laughs) He's, um, but I do appreciate his presence a lot. And I think that it is meaningful to have these conversations about grief and dating after loss on TV. It's interesting. I think we always are like, why would you want to go on this show if you have kids? And I think one of the big reasons is that like, who could it be more appealing to, to have a kind of instant button on a committed relationship than someone who is used to like, just already being in a relationship and having that stability and and loved it and like isn't interested in dating around and doesn't want to spend years like getting a babysitter every like two nights a week so they can go on dates go on people on hinge yeah you're like i just want to get to the part where i have a partner again yeah and also like this is a couple weeks that he's away from his son his son is being taken care of and he is not doing that labor of parenting like i completely understand why that would be appealing to a parent and maybe I didn't understand that when I was younger and I wasn't as close to people who had kids but it's like it makes complete sense to me now I will say and this is probably why Sierra wants to have this conversation 
it's not a setting that is at all like what you're going to be in when you get off the show. So it's got to take a lot of intentional work to like have the new relationship you find there transition to the real world because you have this relationship that starts spending 24 7 together on the beach and suddenly it's like well i can see you one night a week if you move (laughs) to where i live (laughs) yeah i'm I'm gonna say i don't think it's gonna happen for michael and sierra in the long run but i do think that they have a really sweet connection and i really like both of them yeah they're super sweet together for this whole week of episodes and he is so appreciative of like how thoughtful she is and how empathetic she is. He's like, she understands the old type of love that is forever that still exists between me and Laura, but understands the beauty that can happen when you do find love again. And that's, that's what he needs is someone kind of mature enough to not like feel competitive with a memory or want to brush that under the rug. Yeah, absolutely. Unfortunately, uh, (laughs) we need to talk about a love story that is not going quite as well that it's not going i wouldn't even i wouldn't even call it a love story (laughs) it's a love story that just isn't that that isn't Haley and logan Haley Haley has been waiting for a chance to shoot her shot with logan logan has been all wrapped up with shanae and it seems like maybe Haley and logan had a light connection on the first day and she's just really clinging to it absolutely i don't think Haley has another solid connection and so whatever she felt with Logan is taking on a greater significance, even though they haven't really hung out. I will say that this also reminds me a lot of how Gabby and Rachel both felt like they had a really good connection with Logan. Yes, I think Logan makes everyone feel seen and special in those initial conversations. He's very good at it. No, I think that is his gift and his curse. Like, it's clear that, like, whatever happened with Haley, he, like, focused on her. He complimented her. He made her feel funny or interesting. We saw him do that with both Gabby and Rachel. He clearly made more than one woman feel that way on the beach. And then he's just left with, like, women being like, so, is this going to happen or what? And he's like, oh, no, I was just, like, being nice. (laughs) It's like, Logan... (laughs) Dim your wattage a little bit if you're not interested. Like you have convinced Haley that you're into her. And, oh my God. and th- because then the thing is that it just goes away. Like once he's settled with Shanae, right. he can barely be bothered to even be polite to Haley when they talk. No, 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 no. It's like he turns it on and then he turns it right off. It's- he's like, oh, no, charm no longer necessary. <laughs> <laughs> so Haley is trying to sort of edge her way in. He's chatting with Shanae, sitting on the edge of the pool. She sits down a few feet away and kind of like keeps casting glances over. He does not care or pick up on them. Logan and Shanae are then like just cavorting in the waves while some of the other women watch. Like it's the whole day. We're just getting these snippets. Yeah, Haley is sitting down with like the (laughs) whole group. They're all watching as Logan and Shanae cavort in the waves. And the group is like, oh, that's so sweet. Like, they're really into each other. Like, Shanae seems to be, like, in a different headspace now. And it's so nice to see that they are, like, really into each other. And Haley's like, well, yeah, it sucks for me because I really thought I had a connection with Logan. And I want to make that happen. And everyone's like, uh, uh, everyone's like, yeah, maybe. Uh, yeah. Like, I mean, they're just talking as they all watch Shanae and Logan start making out. And Brandon's like, yeah, that's on me. I jinxed it by saying they <laughs> were just love talking. Brandon. 
<laughs> yeah, it's funny to watch uh, the group navigate. Like they they want to like be happy for everyone, but people are in competitions. So they're always like, oh, it's so nice that Logan and Shanae are really making a love connection. But I'm sure it's not really a love connection, Haley. Like, get in there, girl. But like also Logan and Shanae are so sweet together. <laughs> I know. They are trying to be supportive of everyone, which is just like incongruous with the format yeah, of the show. It's sweet but um, impossible. But it is sweet and so Haley's just like, I got to shoot my shot. And I do respect her for this. And I also think it is an uphill battle if you come in to paradise and you did not make it far on your season. Yeah. Cloud is a real thing. And like, there are tears. Jo- jo- it is so obvious. It's Joe so defied obvious. it. Jo- well, here's the thing. Joe thinks that the tears don't matter because he was a night one guy. But Joe had clout even though it's he was true. a night one guy. Right. He became That's exactly a meme. Why he was on Paradise. Right. He wasn't on Paradise because they were like, what the hell? Let's throw a night one guy in. He was there because there was like a fan campaign that was like, he should not have gone home night one. He is our true bachelor. Like, he is the man we want. He suddenly had like sky high clout among the fan base and therefore the other contestants and big social media numbers before ever getting a rose on the show and that's not Haley's situation Haley, she's listen i respect her grit her determination she leveraged what she had she made it onto the beach but she's still at the lowest rung of clout and that's it's hard to see how important that is <laughs> yeah it's it's very it's very rough i felt for her she sits down with Logan and it just like does not go well. As you said, he can barely bring himself to yeah. engage in basic conversation. I think I wrote that it's the most vibes free conversation yet. <laughs> and I say that having seen Genevieve and Justin and Teddy and Andrew hanging out. So the bar was high. <laughs> She's just like trying to like be coy and flirty and chat with him. And he's basically just he's- like laying back staring into the distance. He's not picking up on any of it. I think we have a clip of part of this conversation. I'm just in my shell a lot. You're what? I'm in my shell a lot of the time. You're in your shallow? In my shell. Like a snail. Of course. You know, and they're shy, so they go in their shell. I think that's a turtle. You know, that's like an analogy, you know? Right, yeah. Well, when are you you coming out? Mm, Maybe tonight. What's going to happen tonight? I'm just going to be chatting it up. Uh, It's bad. (laughs) It's so bad. Before this conversation even starts, she starts by being like, I wanted to pull you earlier. And he's like, yeah, well. Like, after this, if I'm Haley, I'm like, I don't want to ever speak to Logan again. Like, nothing sounds worse than being in a relationship with that dynamic ever (laughs) taking place in it. She does seem to pick up. She's kind of <laughs> fucked after this. Like, she's like, you think you have a connection and then you don't. Yeah. Poor Haley. That was uh, incredibly hard to watch. I was like, also, Logan, do something. Like, snails do go into their shells. I don't know. I think he might be right that, like, well, I don't know. Do they go in because they're shy? Do we know when a snail is shy? Or is it more a turtle that we're able to understand their mindset? Either way, they do both go into their I shells. Think they both go into their shells. And he could have been nicer about that. Logan, I think you can agree that you could have been a little bit nicer about oh, whether snails discover, get shy. Discover magazine article. <laughs> Old snails consistently emerge from their shells in under 10 seconds. 
Shy snails took 15 seconds. Oh or my longer. God. Justice for Haley and her <laughs> snail analogy. Once you have to explain that you're making an analogy, there's no it's there's over. no sizzle there's in no that conversation. <laughs> um absolutely heartbreaking. Truly Hate to see incredible it. to watch the difference between some of these couplings and then masters of the game like Victoria and Johnny. Oh yeah. Like, like some are built for paradise. This and some simply are not. Watching this show has really convinced me that flirting is a real an, skill. An art. An art. An art form. And it is like, you know, like many skills, it's something that you need a good partner for. Like, you can't flirt alone. Who knows what Haley could do if Logan was <laughs> was up to his side of things. But it is an art. Exactly. As Haley is having a rough go of it, Shanae gets the date card yeah. and, of course, asks Logan. Yeah, I think we're going to take a quick break before we get into their date and we will be right back. Can you keep up? I like love it. If you want to bring coziness into your life, uh, and I mean, who doesn't? <laughs> Turn to Barefoot Dreams, especially right now, because the brand is celebrating their 30th anniversary. With those 30 years of coziness, Barefoot Dreams celebrates being the originators of everyone's favorite luxe home blanket. There's a reason why Barefoot Dreams has been on Oprah's favorite things list six times. Dressing head to toe in Barefoot Dreams is the key to comfort, as their collection of ultra-soft robes, loungewear, and accessories are made with premium materials. And their products make the perfect gifts, too. I would certainly love to be given something from Barefoot Dreams. I just acquired the robe, and it is like the softest robe I have ever put on my body. It's so cozy. It's so warm. It's beautiful. It has a nice drape and weight to it. I wear it whenever I have the opportunity. I just want to wear it constantly. And I think everyone should have that kind of comfort and coziness in their lives. For Love to See It with Emma and Claire listeners, you can get 15% off of your first purchase at barefootdreams.com with the code LTSI15. Don't miss out on Barefoot Dreams' soft, soothing fabrics that will bring luxury to your life. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Sometimes there will be something that is just like nagging at me, bothering me about something in my life, and I just swirl it around and around and around in my head and don't quite know how to address it. And something that can really help me sort that through and like take action is therapy. I completely agree. I've been really stressed lately because I've just been getting sick over and over again. And before I know it, I'm feeling a lot of emotions and I don't even connect where they're coming from with the actual origin. We all carry around these stressors, right? And when we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a great safe space to get things off of your chest and figure out how to actually work through whatever's weighing you down. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash love to see it today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash love to see it. One in five Americans have learned a new language on their bucket list, as they should, because it's very important. If that's you, then make this year the year you finally check it off your list. 
with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts to help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Wow, that is really fast. Their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Plus, all of Babbel's 14 award-winning language... Plus, all of Babbel's 14 award-winning language courses are backed by their 20-day money-back guarantee. I personally used Babbel before I headed off to Paris for three weeks, and it was so helpful just kind of giving me back the basic understanding of French, allowing me to interact with people in restaurants, in shops, and, you know, just not make a total fool of myself when in a foreign country. Here's a special limited time deal for our listeners. Right now, get 60% off your Babbel subscription, but only for our listeners at babbel.com slash LTSI. Get up to 60% off at babbel.com slash LTSI. Spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash LTSI. Rules and restrictions may apply. And we're back as Logan and Shanae head out for a night date in town. The date card said something like, Shanae, it's time to rewrite your love story. And they really internalized this because they both referenced how they're rewriting her love story like five separate times. <laughs> Shanae's like, well, I didn't have a love story last time. Yeah, so I will rewrite it or write it for the first time. I think that you see in these moments how important it is in casting for people to internalize the scripts they're given by producers because they always cast people who love repeating what's on the date cards. They're just like, yes, we are rewriting the love story. Also, I feel like Logan and Shanae, they are like united by their joint desire to have a better edit this time. Yes. <laughs> the true love story is Logan and Shanae with a good edit. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and so you do see that like they are, well, Shanae doesn't know what edit Logan's getting yet. He has a maybe a sense that he's not going to come off well. I think but he, he might knows have like, that told Shanae a didn't. couple people. Mm-hmm. He knows Shanae didn't. And I think that he has kind of communicated that he had a bit of a rough go. Yeah, but he is very, it's clear that he watched Clayton's season and like, you know what? Notes. And I respect <laughs> a man who does his research. I do there too. There are many of them. Absolutely. I do think it's funny how much he references it. He's like, she had a rough time on the show. All she wanted was to be just treated like she deserved love and a date. Someone to hold the door for her. I I was was like, like, that's a very generous read of Shanae's time. Logan is fully talking about himself. Like there's so much projection here. (laughs) Like he's just like all she and I ever wanted was a fair chance and like true love. And yeah, maybe I was passionate. I mean, Shanae was passionate. Maybe (laughs) I slash Shanae had a chip on our shoulder, but like we meant the absolute best and we deserved better (laughs) so they go dancing in a bar and afterwards he tells her he just wanted her to smile and laugh and so he's happy that she's having a good time he's like you're so brave to come back and be amongst people who put you down in a public way i'm like i don't know man she literally did kind of bully people she did 
I will say that they did also put her down in a public way. Maybe it was because she bullied them. I'm just saying it was mutual. (laughs) It was at least mutual. He's thinking of that sign, that fuck Shanae sign (laughs) that they were holding at the bar. Yeah, that's rough. I mean, yes, she had a rough go of it. Some might say, you know, well, 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 look at the consequences of my own actions. But um, he is sympathetic to how your own actions can bring you great suffering. And especially in the in the public eye. And exactly. I do feel for both of them in that respect. Yeah. Although it's easy also to forget quickly what stuff people did. And we're about to get a lot of flashbacks of what Shanae did on the yeah, show like, where oh, I was like, oh, yeah, that was, was really very unpleasant. cruel. <laughs> <laughs> um, so Shanae is like, I'm feeling smitten. You make me feel comfortable. That's so rare. And that's something that people on the beach are constantly saying to each other. They're like, I never feel comfortable. But with you, I feel comfortable. And then they go on one more date, like literally one more date. And they're like, I didn't feel comfortable yesterday (laughs) with the other guy. But I do feel comfortable with you, which is so rare. (laughs) It's incredible stuff. Uh, Back at the beach, Haley is weeping to Genevieve about how Logan was the only guy she had sparks with and who told her he liked her. But then he spent all day with Shanae, and now they're glued together. And even Genevieve, Shanae's mortal enemy, has to be like, well, honestly, I do think she likes him. Like, I don't think she's just, like, playing a game here. But, like, it sucks. Like, we're suffering. Haley cries some more, and she's like, I hope Logan will get his head out of his ass and ask ask for another chance. And I'll be like, maybe I'll have to think about it if you grovel. And it's like, Haley... If this oh, revenge God. fantasy is bringing you some some comfort, then I support that. I don't think it's going to happen. No, I don't think so but either. But sometimes a good revenge fantasy is very helpful. It does sustain <laughs> us sometimes. Uh, meanwhile, yeah. Genevieve is, of course, still spiraling over the fact that Justin and Victoria yeah. have not returned from their date. And she's like, they're going to come in making out. They're going to come in holding hands. They're going to come in engage. Like, she just yeah. keeps upping upping the ante because of how time passes on the show it truly seems like justin and victoria's date lasts for about (laughs) three days it probably lasted from like 4 p.m to midnight which is long enough but (laughs) i know because they always do the thing where they just like chop things up so that you're seeing one narrative at a time but so we're skipping back and forth between times of the day but it's all all like one day over the course of like two hours which feels like a really short period of time to cover on a reality show like this. So it feels like much longer. But she also reveals at this point that she was expecting this to happen with Justin, but for it to be Sally who came in and took him, in case you didn't remember or pick up on this at the time, it was widely rumored, gossiped about. we did talk about it in one of our gossip episodes. But yeah, it was reported that a bunch of Clayton's women were at Stagecoach where all of the best Bachelor drama occurs. And Justin was there as well. And apparently Justin and Sally were just all over each other. I personally found it low-key hilarious that Kira goes up to Genevieve and is just like, yeah, it was so crazy. It was like he ignored everyone else and only, only talked to Sally. Like, you know, like everyone else. Like he didn't want to talk to anyone else. Only Sally. And oh, Genevieve, that was it's funny. Like, I was like... I, I think she gets it. Yeah, when Kira was trying to comfort her and she's like, yeah, um, it's crazy how like he definitely only was interested in Sally. Um, I was like, I don't think this is helping, Kira. 
Yeah. No, she basically is like, are you okay? Are you afraid Justin will be interested in Sally? Because you're definitely right to be scared about that. Like, he is very interested in <laughs> Sally. Um, so... <laughs> We get these these hints about Sally. She's yeah. she's a specter haunting. Sally is the about beaches. to become a character without becoming yet a character. So in the women's quarters, Lace, roaming freely and alone as she loves to do, sees a suitcase labeled Sally with a big piece of tape. And she's like, Who's Sally? She brings the, all the women back with her and shows them. Genevieve gives a howl of anguish. She's like, I can't believe this is happening. And then the show turns to Kira, thank goodness, for some exposition. She's like, you know, Sally, she was on Clayton season, but not really on Clayton season. And then she went back to her fiance and then they got back together and then they broke up and then they yeah. got back together. Rinse, rinse and, repeat. and repeat. Yeah, famously, Sally came on the show the first day of filming was going to be her wedding day but she and her fiance broke up right before the wedding day she came right to the bachelor she never got out of a limo because she came to clayton's quarters before the opening night and was like i have to leave because i'm not over my fiance i did not know that apparently she had been like still involved with her fiance after this i did hear that but then she was all over Justin. So clearly, like, they, it yeah. seems like they're in a potentially toxic on and off. No, it sounds really healthy. I think it's great. <laughs> they, <laughs> The women at this point open her suitcase and just, like, dump all her stuff on the floor and dig through it. And there's a bunch of, like, blonde hair extensions. There is a waffle maker, which Genevieve says they gave to her at Women Till All at her wedding present. As a wedding present. Also, yeah, as then a we- Genevieve as says a she's present. never met. Sally, so I, was I think she meant that. I think she meant that like they didn't meet on the show initially, or maybe it, she just means like that we. I didn't even uh, remember that we brought if Sally got it as a Sally, wedding present, but we did. Yeah, that Sally was at the Women Tell All. I I didn't fact check that. That was like but, six months ago. How am I supposed to remember? Exactly. It was not even. Yeah. Anyway, so there's the waffle maker. That's allegedly this wedding present they gave her. And there is a bright green vibrator, which Lace picks up and turns on and like pokes Genevieve with. They start throwing it around. Uh, so my first ew, reaction was like, ew, gross. I mean, my first reaction was just like, I can't believe that they're digging through her suitcase. Like, while well, she's not there. Fucked up. My second reaction was like, oh, they're probably definitely not doing that. Like, this does not seem like a real suit. Why would she bring her right. a waffle maker that they gave her? Yeah, no, it makes absolutely zero sense. Also, at one point, someone says, there's only one bag. Like, clearly, they all brought, like, three suitcases right. worth of shit. We see which someone is leave later normal. with three enormous suitcases. I'm going to say that, like, the most, like, the only way that this could even potentially be her bag is that it was, like, a small bag of hers that they put more stuff into that wasn't hers. Like, I don't believe that they just had them going through all of her personal belongings. And I also feel like you wouldn't be as, like, handsy with someone's used vibrator yeah. as they were. <laughs> not to be, like, <laughs> sex negative, but, like, I would probably... No, it's not sex negative. It's just, like, uh, you know... It's, like, it's an intimate item. Like, yeah, I'm going to exactly. let her touch that and not me. Um, yeah, but instead it's this weird thing where it's like obviously a prop 
This whole thing is obviously a prop full of props. But it but also still does like feel really shaming her. Right. It still feels like the, there's this like shame attached to the vibrator and this there's this discomfort with watching this what's presented as this big violation of her privacy. It's very it's a very bizarre route to go with this whole storyline. It gets only gets weirder. I wonder if they just I guess they weren't sure if she was going to arrive at all. So they were like, well, we got to make her a character. I, I don't know if it was like and they were like they're like we're we will be punished we we're her. like we've she- got a bunch of great ideas first a fake suitcase with a vibrator in it that we will turn into a character on the show next a man in a dress and that's spring this brings us to wells catching wind of this and he's like it's time for wells's story time an old-timey title card pops up the saga of sally's suitcase and he explains to the the women at the bar who Sally is, Lace still doesn't know, and what happened with her suitcase. And the way that they accomplish this for video is that they have people reenact the scenes that he's describing. Right. Wells is the producer, and it seems like a producer who is a man with a beard plays Sally. Yeah. So we have Wells playing a female producer. Yes. It's clear that's the intention. And he's wearing a wig. And we have a bearded man playing Sally in a dress. I don't even know where to begin with this. But, like, it's like, is it, like, SNL in 2004? Like, we're doing a bearded man in a dress as a punchline? exact reaction. It was like, oh, God, this is, like, bad SNL. Like, to at this moment in history when, like, trans children, not to be, like, sanctimonious, but when, like, trans children are, like, in fear of their lives across the country to, like, turn the idea of a man wearing a dress into this massive punchline, I think is really troubling. I just feel like they could have done this without doing that, right? Like, I actually yeah. think that the idea of a dr- ridiculous dramatic reenactment is funny. Totally. Like, that is a... I I support this show taking risks and doing weird shit and, like, having fun. Just, like, be a little bit thoughtful about it. They, like, truly didn't know a way to make that fun or funny without putting a man in a dress. And also Wells in a wig. <laughs> like, they couldn't think of of a, a less hack hackish way to do it. Um, I was so pissed. So... I did enjoy Wells playing, like, four different characters, though. I enjoyed most of his side characters um, yeah. a little bit more. Um, he it, he plays basically all the characters except for Sally. So, basically, the gist of all of this, all the little skits they do, is that Sally said she wanted a second chance at love, but they were a little nervous because she never got out of the limo the first time, so they sent a producer to make sure she got on the plane. The producer gets to her house. She texts, I can't come out. I have explosive diarrhea. I don't believe that. I happened. don't believe that. The producer knocks on the door. A man opens the door. He says, Sally ain't here. Four hours later, she shows up at the producer's hotel and is like, I want to go to paradise, but I'm not packed. And also, I want to talk to my ex before I go. They drive to her ex's mansion, and Sally makes the producer get in the trunk. So the producer will not be seen by the ex who would then 
suspect And something. allegedly, this producer was then trapped in the trunk for four yeah. hours. She's like, it'll be 10 minutes, and it turned into four hours. Like, you would at be dead. At this point, the, the, women, the women at the bar while Wells is telling this are like, Wells, that's not real. Like, I heard... I, He's like, yeah, they were no, like... It is. Um, he was like, no, it's absolutely real. They were like, that doesn't seem yeah. correct. Like, yeah, if you were literally locked in a trunk, the air situation is not For four hours viable. in what, like North Carolina? Absolutely not. Um, so finally she emerges and lets the producer out of the trunk and is like, he says he's no longer in love with me. He wants me to go to paradise. Great, except Sally is heartbroken. She's sobbing. But the next morning, she wakes up happy. She's over it. She's ready to go to paradise. They get her and her bags checked in at the airport. And at the gate, the producer sees that Sally's on the phone crying. It's the ex. It's time to board. The producer's like, decide. Stay with someone who said he doesn't love you or go to paradise and maybe find your person. But Sally does not get on the flight. Her bag, her one bag with a green dildo and her all her <laughs> and, like, a wad, and a waffle maker and a wad of blonde hair extensions has already gotten on the flight and i guess her two swimsuits full of like cute rose ceremony outfits uh her two um suitcases containing all her real clothes stayed with her and she was gonna hide them under her skirt or something <laughs> so wells ends by saying as of today she says she's coming today tomorrow i don't know I I don't I I don't feel like I believe that very much of this is real at all. I believe <laughs> that there is like a vague outline of truth here. Right. I believe I believe that, that Sally kind of fucked around on them and was like, "I'm going, I'm not going." I even could believe that she met up with a producer or that a producer was like going traveling with her and that Sally like didn't get on the flight or got into some sort of fight yeah. over the phone with her ex. Like, I can believe that those things happen, that she's conflicted about it and that she keeps changing her mind and that it has been annoying and stressful for production. I believe that. They could not I present don't... this in a way that makes me less primed to believe any of the details that they want me to believe. Which I guess is a good thing because it's like, yeah. it just feels like they're out to punish sally right i'm like it does feel vindictive it's like she had explosive diarrhea or did she like she tried to kill our producer by hiding them in a trunk <laughs> like she's a man in a dress like it was just such a weird mix of like hackish transphobic humor and like a really vindictive feeling like personal details about sally and i have to think that if sally knew any of this was going to happen, she would never have shown up at all. Yeah. <laughs> Which apparently she does do later in the season. will be short. And I think if it hadn't been short, they probably wouldn't have gone so hard on uh, yeah, all of this stuff. Perhaps she it. is not going to get engaged on the beach. Um, guess no. Unless she and gets re-engaged If I was her, her I would never fuck with this show ever again. Absolutely not. Like, I, I will say, I think you're right. I think that maybe the one good thing about how they approach this is that it's so absurd that it casts doubt about their narrative and yeah. that might be a gift to Sally in some perverse way. Oh god. Um so that was like an episode and then uh the women are all horrified because clearly Sally's coming and she's hot and so she's going to fuck up their chances. 
Genevieve specifically is really panicked. Yeah, her whole reaction to all this is just like, she's going to come and like fuck all our chances up. We have to hide Justin from Sally until I'm engaged to him. So this is when Genevieve goes down to the beach to get comfort from Kira, who offers the opposite of comfort. Um, And Genevieve is just crumbling like a wet muffin. She's like, I wish America could feel what I'm feeling right now. I don't want to do this anymore. Triggering enough. I don't want to, I don't want any more insight into what Genevieve is feeling or else I'm going to have a meltdown. Why would you wish that on me, Genevieve? (laughs) Be nice. Um, Uh, And then Johnny is out here being the most Johnny. He's like, is that a dildo? Nice. I love that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I'm sure you do, Johnny. Yeah, the show is, sure. is treading this uh, this tightrope between being like, dildos? Hilarious and gross. And also just like, cool, dildos. Cool. They're great. Yeah, they're, they're really trying to, they're like, it's funny because it's kind of gr- weird women and sex, right? Without men. But also... We're sex positive. We love sex is great. Sex is the best. Kira, want to do this little bit where you like pretend to use Sally's vibrator? I'm going to just, Kira really came ready to play ball and I think she shouldn't have. Yeah, I I agree. I, I wish, I wish that she had protected herself a little bit more, but listen, this is one of her actually in a certain sense, better moments. She's confidently enjoying her own sexuality, albeit with a borrowed vibrator of uncertain provenance. But, like, she is, like, getting down with herself in a respectful and confident way. And honestly, that's one of my favorite things that she does (laughs) this season. (laughs) But I also hope that they paid her good money for this arc. Me too. She gave you that content. Compensate her. Yeah, exactly. So when Justin and Victoria finally return, Genevieve is in a very fragile headspace to be because generous. It's her birthday. It's her birthday. All night she's like, This is my birthday. I can't believe this is happening on my birthday. This was my exact fear. And I'm like, yeah, it's what happens on Paradise to like basically everyone. So it's not surprising <laughs> that it happened to you. And She's just spiraling. She's like, I just want him to come in and give me a yes or no answer immediately. Just walk up to me and be like, yes, no, it's you. It's Spoiler alert. He does not have a clear answer. Nor does he come right up to her. I think he he returns and he spends a lot of time like catching up with his buds and just kind of like chilling. Andrew, Michael A. Hey, tell me what's been going on here. Um. She, meanwhile, is sitting with some of her buds with Hunter and Casey and Romeo. What a collection. And Casey's like, are you going to go talk to Justin? And she says, no, honestly, I just don't care. I'm like, Casey's yes, seems- you do. <laughs> this is so funny because Casey's like, oh, like you can tell Casey's like, this is an obvious lie. Well, he's like, how do I even how do I even talk about this if you're just going to lie to me? so blatantly like all you've been doing is crying and moaning about it so either you care or you've been crying and moaning for no reason like if you're going to cry and moan just lean into it and be like yeah i care because it's it's not it's even less appealing to be like i'm weeping and moaning over something i don't even care about (laughs) at least be Uh. passionate 
Poor, uh, poor Genevieve. Michael A. reports back to Justin that Genevieve has been, quote, moany and kind of pouting all day. Unfortunately accurate. Unfortunately accurate. I would die if I watched this back and Michael A. said that about me, which he would if I were on the beach, for sure. Well, that's the thing. I, <laughs> I know I would be a nightmare. We've said this many times. Many times. Like, Transparency. Um, it's so much easier to watch someone else making all the mistakes that you would make and to be like, girl, don't do that. That's bad. <laughs> um, so he takes this in. He's not thrilled to hear that she's been handling it this way. He's basically like, you know, this is going to be a telling conversation and someone's feelings are going to get hurt. So it's tough. Then the guys are like, also, it's her birthday. And he's like, no, it's tomorrow. And they're like, it's past midnight. So it's not tomorrow anymore. It's today. And he's like, oh, my God, I can't believe this. Um, I thought it was just her birthday eve. I guarantee that Genevieve (laughs) is the kind of girl who would take it the same way if it was the night before her birthday as if it were the birthday herself. Look, getting birthday week. I see Genevieve having a birthday week. Getting dumped, whether it's your birthday or not, it doesn't really matter. Just like gives you a way to categorize it as extra bad if it is your birthday. But I don't think the feelings actually change. Yeah. So Justin heads over to Genevieve. He's like, happy birthday. And they sit. And he doesn't want to start the conversation. Men never want to start the conversation. They sit. He's just like, well, what a day. Day two. I mean, come on, buddy. You did go on a date. You do kind of need to start this conversation. Finally, she asked him about the date, and he was like, it was fun. So, like, I know you don't want to hear that. It's tough. What are you feeling? And she's like, honestly, I'm checked out after hearing that. This conversation just goes so badly. It's wild. It just is one of those conversations that starts off fine and then, like, three seconds and it takes a wild left turn and goes off the bridge into the water. <laughs> uh, and I Justin think it's immediately annoyed. I mean, yeah, I honestly think that it is fair to be like, you're checked. Like we just started talking and you're just checking out. Like we met like two days ago. Yeah. This is I get paradise. Annoyed. You're checked out. Like, why are we talking then? And he's like, okay, so you're checked out because I don't have a decision. And she's like, well, you want me to be honest. And then you act like that when I'm honest. Everyone always wants other people to be honest. But that doesn't mean that you have to respond perfectly well to everything that's said to you. Yeah. And Justin is just getting so annoyed. He's like, okay, so after one day, you want me to be ready to like pack it up and get married? And she's like, I just wanted you to have a definitive answer. And they're both just so frustrated by each other. I'm like, this is a terrible, terrible match. Yeah. She's being like, you're just getting defensive right away. And he's like, I'm getting defensive. Um, And that's kind of the cycle they're on where she keeps being like, you're being like this. And he's being like, I'm being like that. You're being like that. And finally, she's like, I don't think I'm what you want. And then she starts crying and saying, this has been the worst day. You're the only person I was interested in from the beginning. I was only focused on you. And he's like, yesterday, I only talked to you all day and night. And like, I was focused on, do you think I was expecting someone else to ask me out? And she's like, of course not, but you have to figure it out. It's not fair to me or to her. And Justin is like, okay, but like, I'm literally trying to figure it out by having this conversation. That's why I'm talking to you. I don't want to like flip a coin. I actually want to figure it out. 
this is just, I, I feel for Genevieve because I can see what she's doing. She's doing the thing I used to do before I went into therapy for 10 years, <laughs> um, which is you are so anxious and that feels so bad that you do something wild and destructive to try to force someone even to just like end it with you because you've already kind of manifested that that's going to happen and you just like need the release of being right and it being done. Yeah. And I think it must be exacerbated by being on TV because you're like, everyone's going to be watching and being like, she's such an idiot. Like, why doesn't she see what the writing on the wall? Why isn't she standing up for herself? And so I think that she is in her mind, like drawing a clear boundary to protect herself. Um, And to Justin, it's just like, what is the point of dating if I can't literally go on one date and then have another conversation with you? I have to just make every decision in advance, I guess. Like, it's it's, it's making the process sort of impossible to engage in for him. And... So Genevieve has just been waiting for this moment when she gets to be like, you're in or you're out, buddy. And at this point, I truly thought he would be like, okay, I'm all in for Victoria. Honestly, I I would have understood. Very surprised that that didn't happen. Yeah. Well, I think that what happens is that Rose Ceremony Night gets weird. And we're going to (laughs) get to that. Um, Jill and Romeo, part three, I guess. Dear Lord. After last week, it seemed like they were actually back on track they seem chill she keeps being like we're just hoping tonight we can just lay back and not get involved in any drama and when she says that romeo keeps being like well <laughs> like maybe a little maybe i, I want to get into some I was drama like, what is going on here like and then in his itm he clarifies and he's basically like yeah jill's great but i don't want to commit to her on day two and i'm like buddy you came in and you were like i just want to pursue jill so yeah, why did you say like that? You, you did shut it off with Kira. You said, like, I need to be left alone to pursue Jill. Here's the thing. You are allowed to play the field in paradise, but you have to be good at it. Yeah. And you have to be smart about it. And I just, Romeo is not built to be a player. He's terrible at it it was he's really terrible hard to at it he's terrible at it you can't use the idea that you are pursuing only one woman as a sort of a leverage to solidify her interest in you and to get rid of another woman that you don't want to deal with right now unless you are committed to pursuing that woman like you can't just like use that as a fig leaf and then cast it aside the minute that it seems like it's bought you a moment of peace and then start you can't be like oh like i'm sorry we have to break up because i'm i'm i've decided to exclusively date this other girl i'm seeing and then the next day be like exclusively date like I don't know, aren't your 20s all about dating around? Like, well, that's not what you said we were doing, so. Romeo is in his 30s. Oh, God. Oh, God. <laughs> Get it together, man. He, he actually does have extreme, like, I didn't fuck around enough in my 20s energy. Like, he's like, and now's my time, man. Knowing him a bit, that is that is also my suspicion. I just. That's fine. But, like, do not tell Ooh. Jill and Kira that you just want to pursue Jill. And that's. No, this is. This is just bad behavior. This is, again, we see other people navigate these situations with a lot more finesse. And yeah, he is just incapable. He literally, 
does not express to Jill that he is wanting to talk to other people. And then's like, let's go grab a drink. And then when she doesn't want to grab a drink, he's like, well, I'm going to. And then uses that moment to just ditch Jill completely yeah. and pull Brittany for a one-on-one conversation. The minute I saw this happening, I was like, oh, this is going to, this is just going to be a disaster. That's setting you up for a great relationship where every time you like go to the bathroom, your partner's like, if I let him go to the bathroom by himself, is he going to leave me for another woman? Like that's, that's not a good transparent style of Meanwhile, communication. Jill is literally watching this all happen yeah. being like, wait, what? I thought we were good and like seeing each other five and, like, minutes ago. literally hanging out right now and that he was yeah. just grabbing a drink so he's like pulling britney aside trying to like flirt with her waggle his eyebrows at her he's referencing how he wants to talk to her now like and get to know her before she's the one with the rose and britney is like very businesslike she's like what is this meeting pertaining to like i don't i think quite i know love why we're britney. speaking i love britney she is I love her. She's so good at navigating this stuff. She shuts this down basically immediately. She's like, well, I really respect Jill and I feel like you need to have a conversation with her. Yeah. And then Romeo is like, let me be clear. I want to pursue you. And then tries to kiss her. No, he says, I want to explore things with you without devastating Jill. And it's like, okay, Uh, so you can say that, but what are you putting into place so that you don't devastate Jill? Because I'm not seeing any sort of effort. It's like he knows the things he should do. He's like, I have some directives. Don't devastate Jill. (laughs) Do play the field because you're in paradise. That's what it's for. But it's like he doesn't. Right quite know how to follow through in a way that just doesn't fuck himself. He has the outcome and he has like the objective and key results or whatever in mind. He's got his OKRs, but he doesn't have the smaller pieces, the the lower level objectives that ladder up to those. It's like at the top level is like successful business, (laughs) but everything below that is just like question mark, question mark, question mark, question mark. He needs like an operations guy to come in (laughs) and like (laughs) streamline some processes. (laughs) So yeah, he is not reading at all that she just seems like surprised and confused. Leans in and for the kiss. He leans in for that kiss. She swerves him harder than I have ever seen someone swerved on television. Oh my God. She, she like is across startled. the room by the end of her swerve. She's like, her Whoa. whole body leans out <laughs> and she like audibly is like, What the fuck are you doing? Yeah. It's not like an intimate, like, Oh, you just missed my mouth swerve. It's like, a, I'm going over there swerve. It's I'll like, see you later. <laughs> no, no. And Brittany very tactfully is like, Look, I think you need to like clear your thoughts out, get your thoughts together. And and like you were just involved in another love triangle. So I I feel like you should really th- think about what you're doing. And that is good advice. But unfortunately, Romeo, it doesn't quite seem to He's land. only hearing what he wants to hear. We have a clip. Brittany said that she was interested in exploring with me, but she wanted me to talk to Jill first. Even though she shot me down in the sense that she swerved my kiss. I can tell. Well, she is interested. I got pulled by Romeo. It was the most awkward conversation I've ever had. He went in for a kiss, and it turned me off. Romeo is just not my type of guy. If he were to give me a rose, I would tell him I would rather get hit by a bus. 
Woo! Rough. I feel like Romeo very, read that a little bit wrong. Very, very rough stuff. And of course, Brittany, being that she literally said to Romeo, I'm friends with Jill and I have a lot of respect for her, immediately goes and gives every detail of this exchange to Jill. And Jill is like, fuck this shit, which fair enough. Yeah. I mean, she already watched everything because it was like right in front of her. And Brittany is also coming and telling her exactly what was said. So then Romeo comes to try to talk to Jill. And she's like, I don't really want to talk. And he's like, no, let's please let's talk. He starts out by saying, this is paradise and I want to explore. And she's like, seriously, that's it. No, we're not having this conversation. Goodbye. Romeo gets so flustered. I feel like he came in with these little scripts and like doesn't know how to deviate from them in order to like match his partner's emotional register. Like he eventually gets to just being like, I fucked up and I'm sorry, but like, that's not where he starts. Well, yeah, because like 30 seconds ago, he thought it was a really good decision. So why would he right. start by saying I fucked up? Like, he's like, no, right. I he's did like, the right thing. It was a considered choice. The rules. These are the rules of paradise. I just, and Jill is just like, no. Okay, I'm so done. I have a couple things. One, why do guys think that they can come on the beach and be a fuck boy and be celebrated for that? Watch some of the past seasons. Men get absolutely ripped to shreds for pulling this kind of shit on the beach. It can ruin their reputation for years, justly or not. Like, it is not something to dabble in if you don't know exactly what the fuck you're doing, which he clearly doesn't. He's been, like, dabbling this behavior for, like, six months, and he doesn't know what he's doing, and he's not skilled at it. Secondly, if you're going to be a fuckboy... Don't start a relationship off the beach and then try to take it onto the beach and turn that into like a, I'm going to explore. This is paradise. She has pre-existing expectations of you. Like this is not a paradise relationship. So don't, you can't treat it like one. Right. Oh, I think that that is so correct. Like, frankly, if I was coaching Romeo, (laughs) I would have been like, man, pick one person you're interested in and stick with that. And if you get dumped, then you leave looking sympathetic. Like that is the move. Or I will say one other thing you can do, befriend the other women, talk to them. Don't try to kiss them. Don't make moves on them. Lay the groundwork so that like if things fall through with you and your primary objective and key result, you can lean on some of those friendships, see if there is something, a spark there that you can develop. See, you know, see if they want to give you a friendship. Or, you know, there are all these things you can do all, right. by respectfully build, building connections with other women. You to build connections in a way that respects the things that you have said to other people. Yeah. And like, at least for this first week, there was, this was such a cell phone. Yeah. Like there was no reason for this. It was it was hard to watch, especially because obviously Jill is furious. I think that that is an extremely rational reaction. It was weird watching yeah. night one, Kira and Jill with Romeo, because there was so much context we, we missed. At this point, we have seen Jill kind of be like, I'm giving you a second chance. I didn't like how you handled things before. Let's start again. And he's like, I only want to follow, like, pursue you so we have seen with our own eyes that he has said one thing to her and then immediately gone back on it 
and without communicating at all that he's had any like change in his feelings. And I, right. yeah, I completely respect that she was just like, bye, I don't need to deal yeah. with this. I don't trust you. I don't want to do this with you. She says at one point, I don't know what you're doing and it's scaring me. You're playing a game, Romeo, and I don't want to play a game. This is so fucking stupid. Yeah. And that, that really landed because I was like, she is picking up on the fact that he's like, he came in trying to like, trying to play around yeah, trying in a to way, do trying to control the narrative a little bit. And again, I know Romeo and I do think he's a good guy. And I think he's just like, simply should, this was a huge error. Yeah, massive mistakes were made. I think that sometimes when people hear like, oh, this is just, this is all a game. Like it's all gamified. Just because it's true doesn't mean that you can approach it, treating it just purely as some sort of game and succeed. Like you have to, like part of the game is understanding other people's emotional states and what they expect right. from you. That's arguably the most challenging part of the game. Right. It's not like invoking the rule book because like you hurt someone. Like it just didn't play well. Um, so she's like, don't talk to me anymore. He eventually... Uh, like concedes to this he leaves as she's like packing her things she doesn't leave but she is packing her things in a bit of a state and he starts wandering the beach looking distraught and everyone is just watching like well these are that you did this like you you've sowed the wind and you shall reap the whirlwind and this brings us to rose ceremony day finally finally my god three women will be going home jesse palmer does his little like check-in with everyone and clearly is just like needling romeo being like romeo so fine in love it's going well right yeah uh, romeo's like yikes. tonight will be a night for some honest conversations which is how you know things are not going well at all yikes um Romeo uh, basically sums it up as I made a big mess. Jill hates me because she feels I haven't been communicating with her well. It's clear what I have to do. I need to give Jill a rose. And that will clean part of the mess up. I do think giving Jill a rose is a good move without expecting her to well, have any relationship with you. Right. That's kind of the, the key. I yeah. think at this point, yeah. he's still thinking like, Maybe I can salvage this. He's like, yeah, Jill feels like I didn't communicate with her well enough, which I think is a pretty fancy gloss on what Jill is upset about. I don't think that she would put it in those terms. No. And I don't think that she's going to be willing to entertain things with you again if you give her a rose. No, but I do get the sense that Romeo pretty quickly is like, I just, yeah. I did fuck all of this up. Well, he then, knows. yeah, he start because he starts trying to cast about a little bit. Oh, and God. So mess. Jill, for, well, first what happens is Jill is talking to Casey. She's like, rough day. Casey is clearly like her her friend, her like, shoulder Casey to cry is on. everyone's bud. Like every yeah. woman who's having a rough day is like, I can talk to Casey. I feel like he must give off some sort of like comforting dad-ish uh, energy. Like he's a good I, confidant. I totally and then, sense that from him. Like I feel like you would meet Casey and just be like, yeah, this guy. I can talk to He's this chill. Yeah. yeah. He's not going to make it weird. I can just actually talk to him. And so then you see that he's receiving both pivots that turn sexual. And also he is receiving just like the confidences of brokenhearted women. And I will say that he is not like creepily 
trying to exploit those confidences at all. Yeah, I think that like, at least from what we can see, a lot of the guys are, at one point, um, Michael says like, everyone's trying to get down to one or two women. I think that Casey is like, I, I, I actually did end up hitting it off with Brittany. Brittany's my focus. I'm not going to like be like macking on other women. Um, so they're chatting and she's like, I feel really bamboo- bamboozled by Romeo. That's her word she of says the week. bamboozled like three So times. many times. And, and as their mid-conversation, Romeo a- taps his shoulder and asks to steal Jill. And Jill agrees to talk to him. And of course he sits and she immediately, she's like, you can't talk to me. You don't deserve to talk to me. And fair. She's like, I'm so hurt by you. And Romeo says, I didn't choose to hurt you. And she says, you did. You made a series of decisions that hurt me. And she's like, I'm sorry, but I'm kind of a great person. And you fucking know that. And he's like, yeah. And he's like, I know. Yeah, you are. I do feel like that is such an annoying thing to say. Like, I didn't choose to hurt you. And it's like, yeah, there wasn't like a button that was like hurt Jill that you pressed. Yeah, that was just a bad line because you did like also you did you did you did choose to hurt her like you did a thing that right most rational people would understand has the potential to be very hurtful but he's like you didn't really do anything to mitigate this right but he's like the label of that choice was talking to britney and pursuing a connection it wasn't hurt jill so like did i choose to hurt jill it's like well think about it a bit more expansively um Uh, romeo is very intelligent but i think that reading people's emotions is not it's hard it's it's, it's hard. not the strong suit she uh he tells her he made a mistake and that he wanted to talk to Brittany and he was afraid to talk to her about it i'm like oh okay well good to know that makes it all okay and finally he's like would you accept my rose if i gave it to you and she says explore other options this door is firmly shut and time for him just, to hit the beach and he's just starting to completely crumble at this point he's casting he's like about. casting about trying to maybe hit on Haley and kira and kira is clearly taking great joy and being like i don't know if i would even accept a rose from you i mean like, if you're kira it's not even like a flattering reversal from him no. he's like he basically openly and of course she observed this he's like given how badly things went with jill I regret being so close-minded with you and I'd like to salvage any spark. And I'm like, like, oh my God, Romeo, stop. That's too romantic. Like my heart is melting too much. He's just going around <laughs> telling like the the blunt truth in a way that's like no one, yeah. that's not appealing to anyone. Like yeah. you are my fourth choice and I feel that I should have left you on the back burner yeah. in case things were to go wrong with the woman I actually yeah. sort of wanted to pursue. He ends up sobbing to both Kira and Haley. And they're like patting him on the back. I like, honestly, I do feel for Romeo and I'm not alone. I think we do have a clip of some of the guys discussing this. Whatever equation Romeo has to come up with in order to solve this massive long division problem he's created is beyond me. (laughs) He is a mathematician. We forget. Mathematicians, famously very adept at juggling various lovers. Also, you famously need an equation to solve long division. (laughs) (laughs) Isn't everything an equation when you think about it? Yeah, when you really think about it. I don't know what they're teaching. Exactly what Logan Logan meant. (laughs) I don't know what they're teaching in Common Core these days. Logan is like 10 years younger than me. Um, Um, So, but yeah. 
the guys are just like, like Michael is like, oh God, Wells is like, you know, men are given the choice between a good decision button and a bad decision button. But Romeo just keeps pressing the bad decision button. Yeah. There is something about, uh, about watching him operate that just puts you in mind of someone pressing a button and trying to like get a different result. Um, because he keeps making the same sorts of decisions and they keep making things worse. Uh, and with that, it is the end of episode two, Monday night's episode of Bachelor in Paradise. We'll be back to discuss episode three, Tuesday night's episode of Bachelor in Paradise as Rose Ceremony Night continues. Can you keep up? I like love it. Okay. So you got engaged. Congrats. Now you may be wondering what comes next. If you're planning a wedding, the first thing you need to know about is Zola. With Zola, you can plan your entire wedding in one convenient place. From the day you get engaged and search for the venue to the day you send out your save the dates, make your registry, and even taste your cake. Zola has literally everything you need to make the whole process super easy and actually even enjoyable. There's even a five-star app that helps you plan on the go or, you know, from your couch, which is certainly how, uh, if I was planning a wedding, I would definitely want to do it as loungily as possible. <laughs> so important. I also just know myself. I, I know that planning any kind of event, like even a birthday party, can get very stressful. And so it's been really cool to see friends use Zola. It really seems to make everything a lot less stressful. And as a frequent wedding attender, I love to be able to hop on that Zola registry and just purchase a gift. Easy peasy. I know I've done it. I won't forget. Thank you, Zola. Yeah, everything's all in the same place. It's perfect. Start planning at Zola.com. That's Z-O-L-A.com. Article believes in delightful design for every home. And thanks to their online-only model, they have some pretty delightful prices, too. Their curated assortment of mid-century modern, coastal, high Tyler Cameron, industrial, Scandi, and boho designs makes furniture shopping simple. Plus, they're dedicated to really thoughtful craftsmanship that honestly stands the test of time and looks good doing it. Article offers fast, affordable shipping across the U.S. and Canada. Plus, they won't leave you waiting around. You pick the delivery time and they'll send you updates every step of the way. I have long been an article girly, like every room of my house my house, my apartment, <laughs> you can see article furniture in. Most recently, we updated our balcony, you know, just in time. It's finally balcony season yes. again, finally warming up in New York. And I have been out there with my coffee, sitting in the toady beach sand dining chair, which is a great little lounger for a small space. Again, New York City apartment. And uh, it just really, like, elevates our deck. That and the ottoman we bought to go with it, so comfortable, so chic, also can withstand a whole lot of rain. So important. Article is offering our listeners $50 off your first purchase of $100 or more. They're having their Memorial Day sale from May 13th to May 27th, which would be the perfect time to use your store credit on top of sale prices. To claim, visit article.com slash LTSI and the discount will be automatically applied at checkout. That's article.com slash LTSI for $50 off your first purchase of $100 or more. 
And we are back, and the beach is still in chaos, and Romeo is still weeping just all over the beach, the bar, the beach. He's he's having a rough night. Yeah. Casey's like, I don't understand why he's crying. These are his own decisions. And I'm like, yeah, that's the most painful kind of undoing is the self-inflicted yeah. undoing. Casey, have you never experienced yeah. the shame of grappling with your own bad decisions? Yeah. Um, Wells is <laughs> showing off his Shakespeare. He's like, maybe <laughs> Romeo isn't so much a Romeo as a Mercutio. He dies in the end. Wait, they all die in the end. He <laughs> dies in the middle. I'm like, yeah, Good I think job, Romeo Wells. actually might might die by the middle. The way things are going. <laughs> yeah. He's, he's going to be off stage soon. <laughs> it was like, great, great observation. Jacob, meanwhile, is thriving. He just loves being that like last chance guy. He's oh, like, yeah. all the ladies that need roses have to come hit on me. And this is this yeah. is how I like it. Brandon Lace, is like, Kira, he's the bachelor of paradise. And I'm like, well, in the sense that like if the bachelor just is a receptacle for all of the women whose first options didn't work out, then <laughs> yes. Yeah, Lace, Kira, and Haley are, are pursuing him. Haley sits down with him and is like, I'm in a hurry, you know, to find my life partner. And he's like, so do you think that's me? And she just leans in and kisses him. And I'm like, that's a nobody. <laughs> Kira, it seems... Kira says she's, like, really into Jacob all of a sudden. I'm not sure when this turn occurred. But I will say that like night one, night one, she was like, oh, I'm right. I, Jacob is my type. You know what? Literally, I blocked that out. I feel like it's been 10 years since well, night one. Because she wasn't right. focused on him. She's like, he's my type, but I don't know if we're really compatible on a deeper level. It wasn't her top focus, but there's clearly an attraction there, and she's like leaning yeah. into that now that her other options have fallen through. She decides to be cheeky and bold. She's like, he came in as Tarzan. I'm going to be Jane. And she blindfolds him and comes out wearing only leaves. And he says, this is beautiful and hot <laughs> and sexy. You and they definitely... say you can only be two of those, but you can be three. <laughs> you can be all three. Uh, women do contain multitudes. <laughs> He's like, you definitely hit the leaf on the head. Jacob is such an interesting, like he fills a role that I like, I think is typically fulfilled by someone funny like someone he's, who is the kind of a himbo, yes. but kind of an asshole about it, but in a funny way. You're like, he's a dick, sort of, but he's entertaining. But he's like not funny. Yeah, they're like sort of making him the Daniel a little yeah, bit. Yeah, he's the comic relief character, but he never says anything amusing. He doesn't do comedy. Yeah. He <laughs> Unfortunately just, for us. It's so he's in that gray area. You're like, you can't you're like, I can't take him seriously, but I also am not laughing. <laughs> They head back to the group and Kira is still wearing only her leaves. And Brandon says, Kira looked like a lettuce wrap. A really sexy lettuce wrap. I a mean, really listen, hot lettuce she wrap. looked I mean, amazing. Yeah, she did look amazing. Haley and Lace are like, fuck. I honestly at that point thought Haley and Lace were screwed. If only because if I'm Jacob, I think it would be almost mean to send someone home after she had wrist humiliation by by making a move like that like she really put herself out there for him i was like he has to give her the rose but he is perfectly willing to let kira hang out to dry 
This brings us to Genevieve, Justin, and Victoria, part three, the saga that continues to unfold. Justin has to choose between Victoria and Genevieve at this rose ceremony. So first he pulls Victoria aside. This was an instructive moment for me as a commentator. She's like, what's wrong? And he's like, oh, I just have resting bitch face. And I was like, that actually clears up a lot because he has looked really un- um, unhappy. Unhappy the whole time. Yeah, I, w- I was glad that we weren't the only ones who sensed it. Victoria in person was like, you look miserable. And he's like, no, that's just my face. Which sometimes I I have like resting bitch or resting sad face. So I under- yeah. I understand no. his plight. I, I, I was like, honestly, now I relate to you and, and I'm cool with it. So he asks her if she's still interested in him. And she's like, yeah, obviously, that's what the whole, like, ATV riding and, like, waterfall thing was about. And she says she just wants to get to know him. And he's like, yeah, that would be great. Like, tomorrow I would just want to focus on just pursuing you. This is one of those weird things where you're like, is he saying, I just want to pursue you tomorrow? Or is he saying, like, if you were the person I gave my rose to, I would just want to pursue you tomorrow? Yeah, this was very confusing and i'm honestly still confused about how he ended up yeah well we'll we'll have to get into it genevieve is at the bar moaning about how it's her birthday and she just wants it's still her birthday her birthday is lasting forever she just wants these nights are so long started halfway through the last night at midnight and then and now it's the earlier part of this night yeah (laughs) justin pulls genevieve finally and He's he like, tries to like show some. This effort. was sweet. He's like, I know because they're too. not in a good place, from what I can tell. They left things badly the night before, to and be I know clear, they don't really hang out on rose ceremony nights. So they he had hasn't like really seen her. Thirty six decent hours together at most. <laughs> at most, at most, and not, and that includes sleep time, right? So like they <laughs> had like a very shaky small foundation and then they left things in a bad place and he's like i know she's thinking things through really intensely i want to show her she still matters i'm gonna get her like a whole birthday cake i thought this he was truly sweet. could could have just like abandoned ship and been like i would have understood he got a vanilla cake because she's not a big fan of chocolate it's like a whole big cake it's got a little setup on, on a palapa bed for her She's like, oh, thank you. That's so sweet. She pretends to make a wish, blow out the candles. And then they have to get into it. And he's trying to be conciliatory for sure. He's like, our last conversation was so all in or all out. It doesn't have to be like that. Like, I'm still into you. I still think you're special. She, on the other hand, is still feeling really defensive and upset. So she immediately just like bristles and bridles and is like, well, you didn't make me feel special. I was terrified while you were on the date and, you know, I felt like nothing. And then I deserve to know when you came back where your head was at. And he's like, that's what I was trying to do when I got back. The tone is just like suddenly just like that is like incredibly hostile. Yeah. She's like, well, you come, you sit, you finally talk to me. You're sitting like all the way over there. And he's like, okay, but like, if I sat closer to you, would you have felt like better? Would that have helped? And she's like, you're being defensive. And he's like, I'm it's just being- like, I'm sorry, but security, you don't, you aren't actually owed security in a relationship that has existed for one day. Like you, yeah. like that, it, you are dating. That's, that's it. Like, I mean, I, I truly think that like, here's the deal. Here's the deal. If you're like, I truly just need a man who, 
from the moment we meet, never is interested in anyone else. I understand that. I'm sympathetic. But then you kind of have to be like firm in your conviction. You have to be like, Justin, I get it if you're interested in Victoria. I'm looking for something different. I'm sorry it didn't work out between us. Goodbye. You also have to be willing to go home. Well, exactly. Like in a real way, not just threaten it. Right. Like you have to like be like, well, so he isn't my guy. So instead of kind of like badgering him to like be my guy, I have to just remove myself. And she can't quite commit to that. I am sympathetic. I'm sympathetic too, but it was it was hard to watch. Yeah. She's like, I need validation. I haven't gotten any validation from you. And he like, he's like, what? He's like looking meaningfully at the cake. And she's like, what? What? And he's like, I'm just looking at the cake. I got you. (laughs) The camera zooms in on it. It's a nice cake. I mean, I would be so annoyed if I went out of my way to get a guy a birthday cake that was the flavor he liked. Like, you never do anything. For yeah, me. he's you like, you never you validate at me at all. You don't make me feel special. I do think that Genevieve is in a place in her life, and I have to keep reminding myself that she's like in her mid-20s, yeah. um, that she needs someone to be affirming her verbally. Like, all the time. Basically, constantly. And I, again, <laughs> I relate. I understand that feeling, but like it is, that is a hard thing to demand in this setting. I just feel like it's too early in their relationship for them to be having this kind of tenor. In I just their think arguments. it's it, like this is this relationship not, is going to end. It's not it's functional. Like, it's not good. It's not good. And Justin just seems completely depleted. Yeah, he's like, I I don't get like this is paradise. No one else who's talking to multiple people is being made to feel this way. She's like, your feelings. What about my feeling? Like everything is like that. Like they're constantly just being like, well, but you. What about me? And. He's finally like, look, I've taken all these actions. I got you the cake. I could have just gone on the date without talking to you. It was day two, but I didn't. I had a conversation with you. Like, I'm doing my best. Everyone is watching this unfold. And Victoria's takeaway from this, like, very unpleasant looking conversation is he's still really invested in Genevieve. So I need to pursue other options. And Johnny's great. I like Johnny. Again, Victoria, incredible at this. She is, she has a gift. She knows that Johnny has a a girlfriend on the beach, Hunter, who I will say is laying it on thick with Hunter. We see them like making out. He's like, you were the first person I thought about today. Yeah. I mean, Johnny, tone it down, man. Until the very moment that Victoria pulls him aside and suddenly it's like, Hunter? Hunter who? I'll send her a I'll send her a TP bouquet. I like, mean and wish her. Look well. at Johnny and then look at Romeo. I mean, it's like Johnny just pulls this off with so little collateral damage because he just conveniently like sends Hunter away. Well, yeah, and it's it's true. Like Hunter knows what the game is. It sucks, but like she has no pre-existing relationship with johnny there's no like scar tissue there she's just like i played the game i like johnny things seem good he liked victoria better it sucks like i'm gonna cry about it i'm sad but it's not like a whole like segment of the beach is invent is is invested in like the ongoing saga of how badly johnny is treating hunter like once that happens you can't pull this shit exactly so Victoria pulls him aside. They keep flirting about how he can't remember her name and it's so sexy. They're all watching, including Hunter. 
as Victoria and Johnny kiss. And Casey, our beaches resident rejected woman caretaker, is like, hey, Hunter, I want to go back to the bar so you don't have to, like, see this. And, you know, you've really put all your eggs in one basket. Like, have you thought about making another connection? <laughs> He's just it's there to help. It's like 2 a.m. <laughs> my God. The first one day on Paradise is, like, six months. Yeah. Uh, and it is finally, finally time for the rose ceremony. Uh, the women just look wrung out. Yeah. They've the left roses. it all on the field in their yeah, pursuit. They're, they're like, look. Yeah. Three of them are going the home. Three of them going home. That's a lot of women in peril. A lot of women making their final plays. So it's time for the rose ceremony. And the roses go to Andrew, Andrew. gives his rose to Teddy. Brandon gives his rose to Serene. Michael gives his rose to Sierra. Logan gives his rose to Shanae. Casey gives his rose to Brittany. Jacob gives his rose to Lace. Sorry to Kira and her leaf bikini. He calls her as stunning as she is iconic. And I was like, thank you for recognizing that Lace is an icon. Someone give Lace her due. This woman has put in the work. Before we actually see the rose handed out, we do see Kira in her in the moment being like, hopefully Jacob realizes all the other girls here are crazy and I'm his only option. And I'm like, Kira, whenever I'm like about to get on your team, you just like really say something like that. Kira is this amazing (laughs) reminder of the fact that you can both be like understandably bristling at sexist responses to you and also have like internalized some pretty misogynistic messages about women at the same time. And she is like, sex positivity, no one should slut shame me, which like, yes, 100% agree. She's like, I'm going to stand up for myself. Yes. And then she's like, all those other bitches are fucking crazy. Yeah. And yeah. I listen. Uh, who who among us is not both feminist and filled with internalized misogyny that it's we directed true. our enemies? It's, it's a lifelong, a life <laughs> long, a life's work for all of us. Uh, Justin gives his rose to Genevieve. Here's what I think happened. I think that Justin saw that Victoria was connecting with Johnny, and he was like, "Well, Genevieve was only focused on me." Yeah, let's like just. That seems safer. Let's just go with that. That's my only Victoria real will theory. Still be here. Yeah, unless Justin is like the sort of person who like conflict with someone makes them feel more invested. I mean, Andrew did say earlier, like you love a challenge, bro, <laughs> and this the challenge of a weepy woman who's like, you don't affirm me enough. Men love that. Um, Johnny gives his rose to Victoria, and the final rose comes from Romeo, and he gives it to. Jill, he apologizes for how he treated her and hurt her. And he says, I want this rose to be a fresh opportunity for us to repair our relationship or for you to explore new connections. And she accepts and says, yes, because I know that nothing in paradise is guaranteed. I thought this was a smart move on his part. Yeah, I think that I appreciate it. I think the one thing he said, like all episode that I thought was the good decision was or for you to explore new connections yeah i i appreciated that he was like i know that using my rose this way may very well result in me like going home next week yeah and i think it will i think it definitely will but i will say 
to his discredit, I guess, I don't know who there would have accepted his rose and then genuinely pursued a relationship with him because of how badly things went. I think he was out of options. He was kind of screwed, but I do think... I think his best option strategically was to use the rose to make amends with the person he had hurt the most. Exactly. And do that publicly and and therefore perhaps salvage some of his reputation. Right. I do think that this was a smart move strategically. And also, I am very glad that we get to keep having Jill on our screens because she is chaotic good, in my opinion. Kira, Hunter, and Haley are leaving. Uh, Some tears are shed. Kira's sad about Jacob's rose. Haley in the van is like, I've still never gotten a rose. I know I'm special, but nobody cares. Oh, poor Haley. I want Haley to stop seeking validation through this show. I I actually don't think anyone should seek validation through the show, but especially if if you're not getting it. Like, stop going back. For the validation that is not forthcoming. She does point out that at least she now gets air conditioning. And I do love that that is the consolation prize for her. She probably gets like a good night in a hotel with a big bed and some room service. And yeah, well earned for all three of these ladies. Yeah. The next morning, the women have the roses and suddenly... It is incredible how the roses switch hands and suddenly the like dynamics are completely upended. Like all the women are like, oh, why was me anxious? I wasn't anxious. I mean, maybe I was, but that was silly. Like I'm not that person anymore. It was so silly of me. Like I was just (laughs) in a bad headspace. It's so weird. Now I'm just full of confidence. Uh, Jill is like Romeo really fumbled the bag. So I'm going to take this rose and just meet other people. He does. We see him like approach her and be like, can we maybe start over? And she's like, no, that's over. She's like immediately. Yeah. And it's because, because most of they eliminated kind of the extra women. Mostly people are hanging out in couples at this point, except Jill and Romeo are just like, no, that's, that's not going to be a thing. Jill knows more men are coming down to the beach. Meanwhile, Lace is rapidly losing interest in Jacob. They're sitting, hanging out by the pool, and he tells her this weird story. Again, a great example of Jacob being like the clown character, but not being amusing whatsoever. He's like telling her this weird story and laughing, but it's like not funny. He's like, He's like, I've been all over the world. I went to all these places, including like Hong Kong. And she's like, oh, why did you go to Hong Kong? And he's like, for my birthday. And she's like, yeah, but like what, like what made you go there for your 22nd birthday? And then he can't figure out how to get to the punchline of this quote unquote (laughs) joke he set up. So he just goes, well, not in China. It's like a strip club in Tijuana. And Lace, just no reaction. Like just, this is why she's an icon because she's just like, I don't need to tolerate this shit. Like, ew. Yeah, she's like, gross. Don't be a douchebag. Not to him, I will say. To him, she's just like stone-faced. But in her in the moment, she's like, you give Jacob an inch and he takes a mile. She, like, Lace, (laughs) I will say, absolutely was not interested in Jacob. She wanted a rose. She's like, I didn't come back here to go home week one. Which, but she was like, we'll see. 
hey, hey, we'll see what can develop. They sit down for like one morning together and she's like, no, absolutely not. This she's is- like, absolutely not. I don't need this energy in my life. Genevieve has uh, come around to feeling bad about how she handled things with Justin. So she pulls him aside. She's like, I've done a lot of thinking since last night, a few hours ago, and that situation won't happen again. If you're feeling, if I'm feeling upset, I'll just tell you. And he's like, great. That's all I want. We're going to keep working on this together. Growth, build something solid. Time for Aaron and James to arrive. (laughs) And fuck it all up. Yeah. Aaron and James, Tweedledee and Tweedledum are back. Flexing their huge bicep. Like I Huge biceps. Biceps. (laughs) Flexing their huge biceps. And cracking, cracking some jokes. Like I like I said earlier, the the bicep worship, the unnaturally giant bicep it's worship on much. the show is is troubling. We're just living in Marvel's universe at this point. They're in like coordinating neutral swim trunks. They're Chiron reads bestie bros parentheses big fact. <laughs> I'm tired already, but you know what? They are funnier than Jacob, so I am ready I for agree. this. At least these two know how to play off of each other. And yeah. frankly, that is clearly the only reason James has lasted so long in the franchise. Yeah. Because Aaron needs him for his buddy comedy tour. Yeah, exactly. They immediately get a double date card. And Genevieve is being a little weird about it. She's like, he's not going to ask me. Like, I've met Aaron a couple times, but we don't flirt. Like, there's no, like, flirtiness between us. If you've forgotten, this is a good opportunity to remember as they retrace on the show a little bit. On Women Tell All, Shanae publicly accused Genevieve of going back to San Diego after The Bachelor and immediately hooking up with Aaron. And Genevieve has denied this. Many times. And I think Aaron, Aaron has denied this too. I believe that it didn't happen. I don't know if I believe that there is no um, flirting flirting at all. Like Genevieve is being a little defensive. She's like, there's no attraction. There's no flirting. There's nothing. There's absolutely nothing between us. I do understand why she would have that defensive reaction because she wants to like reaffirm that the thing Shanae said wasn't true. But then it's also obvious that there is some sort of attraction because they immediately are like, into each other yeah this honestly all feels produced either producers or by this little group of contestants to like seed interest in seeing them all together on the beach at women tell all and then to have them all go on a double date together as soon as they arrive like it very much feels like aaron was like obviously i'm gonna ask genevieve because everyone's wondering if we fucked and like that was huge for my brand Oh, yeah. I feel like Aaron is just like, yeah, this is great for me. Like, I'm obviously inviting Genevieve on the date. This is going to be great conversation. Like, Aaron, I don't think Aaron's there for an engagement. I'm just going to put Aaron, it out there. Aaron would beg to differ. He's like, it's going to be different this time. So, obviously, Aaron asked Genevieve. She's like, me? What? I had no idea he was interested in me. But she immediately says yes. Yeah, she's like, yeah, I guess I've been into Justin, but he went on a date. So, like, turnabout's fair play. Um, James asked Shanae on the date. 
now Justin is mad. He's like, this is <laughs> mad disrespectful to me. It's hypocritical. I mean, this is the thing. He's right. And also he's being hypocritical because they both right. just completely reverse positions. I'm like, you're both just completely full of shit and you just want to feel secure during the times when your presence is not guaranteed on this show. Like, right. I see what you're both doing and I understand it, but neither of you are really entitled to be upset. Right. Well, here's the thing. They're both like, they felt like they were in a good place. So now they are ready to like move forward. But what's really happening is that they're both prepared to like hold the other person to whatever they said before in like a somewhat vindictive way. Like she's like, you said it would be great if we all went on dates. So like, I'm going to go on that date now, now that we're good. Like I'm going on a date too. And he's like, you said that we shouldn't go on other dates if we were really interested in building something. And like, now you're just going on another date. Like that's so fucked up. So <laughs> I'm like, I don't think that Again, you really resolve things the way that you think you have. If that's the this, dynamic you're this working is with, not a relationship built to last, but Genevieve and Shanae head off on their cursed double date. Cause everyone on the beach is like, Genevieve and Shanae were enemies and now they're going on a date. I mean, they together. did. They did have like a really wild they, dynamic together. They were enemies. <laughs> they really were. But, but that's like, it's like water under the bridge. Shanae it's just almost... doesn't seem interested in playing that game. Yeah. So they're just like having a good time on this double date. Can we talk about this date, what it is for a second? Because they don't really give us a good expository moment where they all figure out what's happening or where we're told what's happening, but they all keep commenting on how weird it is. And what it seems to be is that they are at a staged pool party Yes, with a bunch of like background actors whose main purpose is to watch them like dance in the background and cheer and watch them do stuff. So they're like it having a chicken of... fight in the pool while people dance in the background and cheer. They're having a taco eating contest while people cheer they're having a twerking contest while people cheer. It's like all these it, hired friends. It kind of reminded me of the vibe in She's All That at the like TRL, like spring break, <laughs> like, you know, Miami party or something. And they're just like people like dancing on the side of the pool as like little yeah. background dancers. I was like, this is, that's what they were going for. <laughs> it's so absurd. Um, like, what's more awkward than a party where you're the only four people? A party where there are, like, 20 other people, but they're all just hired to stand in the background and, and pretend. stare at you. And stare at you. <laughs> my nightmare. Um, and Genevieve is like, yeah, Shanae isn't trying to start drama. This is great. Like, we're getting along. They even bond over how th much they're liking James and Aaron. Shanae is like, I like Logan, but it's a little awkward. First time hearing of this. I thought it was so natural. <laughs> it was so comfortable. Um, and they get some one-on-one -on -one time as couples. So Aaron opens up to Genevieve about how he's known oh, for his words, but like my God. not in like a good way, maybe more in like the funny way, but not in the meaningful way. I think he way. says in the stupid way. <laughs> in the stupid way. <laughs> and she's like, no, you're being great. You're complimenting me a lot and I love it. Again, this goes back to what I was talking about before. Like Genevieve is going to prioritize someone who just gives her a bunch of compliments, even if they like, I don't, I don't trust Aaron. Oh no, you, don't, you can't trust Aaron. <laughs> you simply can't. Um, He's going to just give out those compliments. Yeah, that's, that's. <sighs> Here's the thing. Like our, our words of affirmation. Great. Yes. 
But if you just if you just meet someone who's like willing to throw out all the words immediately, like that doesn't actually mean you're guaranteed the rest of a relationship. And who else is he saying those words to? I mean, no one else yet. No one else yet. So he hasn't had a chance to talk to anyone else. <laughs> she um she's feeling really good about things. I think he's trying to do like a I've had a rough go in the past in paradise, but I'm taking this it time I'm taking now. it seriously. He's like, I just want to keep doing things with like one teammate, you know, and you, I really like being around you. And she's like, yeah, you make me feel so safe and secure and I don't want to jump around. I just want to focus on one person and they make out. Shanae, meanwhile, is with James being like, my connection with Logan is like good. It's like a solid B, but with, with you, it's effortless. They make out. Shanae is so upset about how conflicted she is that she is weeping in her in the moment. She's like, I don't know what to do. And back on the beach, Logan and Justin are just quietly, quietly pouting. They're doing the quietest pout <laughs> you've ever seen. They're just like trying to lie basically immobile so that, you know, like when you feel really um, nauseous and so you just have to lie very still because any movement makes you feel worse. That's kind of the energy they're giving off during their oh, cutaways. God. And then someone shows up who can really help. It's Ashley, I, and Jared. The real beacons of paradise. Remember how they had a very successful relationship on paradise? You know, when Ashley was obsessed with him, and then he rejected her, and then she was obsessed with him again, then he rejected her for the second time, and then they, like, were friends, and then they stopped being friends, and then she went on a different show, and then she dated someone else, and then she had sex with him. Um, and then finally, like five years later, like Jared was into her. I don't remember any of that. That's so weird. Uh, it's like completely, it's like a blank canvas. Know who else doesn't remember any of this? Again, these men who refuse to study the game and yeah. don't even know who Ashley I They're and Jared like, are. Who's this hot guy and this pretty lady who just walked down to the beach <laughs> together? Um, the women, of course, are all fangirling. They're like, Ashley I is like my favorite she's like such an icon um ashley is here to tell everyone if a relationship isn't working on the beach never give up because eventually you will have his babies like i am truly i think ashley and jared seem so wonderful together i think that she has clearly like feel secure in a relationship and is able to just like have a lot of fun and show off her personality and not be weeping all the time. Love that for her. Love that for them. They seem so happy. But like, it cracks me the fuck up how instructive they think their relationship is. Like, Ashley truly is like, look at our relationship and just try to force someone to date you for years until they're willing to date you. And I'm like, Ashley, I really feel like your relationship is the exception and not the rule here. Yeah. And like, that's great. But like, I can't tell you when I was struggling to let go of my college relationship, how I would cling to things like this. I'd be like, oh, well, my friend said her friend's friend was really into her best friend and then he wasn't interested in her. But now they're married and they have a baby. And I'd be like, well, so clearly that's going to be me. It's not actually a healthy way of thinking about relationships. It's bad advice. And the truth is, the like, their relationship only came together after Ashley had kind of made the moves to try to disconnect herself. She dated someone else. Yeah. Like, 
<sighs> what the, the lesson we is talked about this before move on with your life don't try to force someone to date you if it's meant to be it'll happen but like do not exactly. in the back of your head be be like is he noticing is it about to happen right now because that way lies madness so ashley pulls the women aside presumably jared is giving the men advice but it's whatever. not interesting enough for us to get yeah. any piece of i think that jill is friends with Ashley and Jared from Rhode Island. So you can tell that that Jill kind of, she kind of breaks down pretty immediately talking to Ashley. And I got the sense that it was like, it's like her friend has arrived and she's trying to talk about and and like all of the emotion just comes yeah. tumbling out. She's like, I'm tragically alone. And Ashley is like, day by day, today is a fresh start. I'm going to do a manifestation for you because I'm so good at manifesting things. <laughs> Teddy reveals that she is doubting things with Andrew, which... I'm absolutely not at all surprised by because, again, they just don't really have chemistry. And it did kind of seem like he was more enthusiastic. Well, I, yeah, it's like that date that was so painfully awkward. You're just like, I just don't really see it happening. But he like really they, wanted it to. And she also yeah. wanted it to, but she maybe really not quite as much. Also. Not oh, quite as much as God. him, but she really wanted it to work. So... It's time for something to really bring this to a head. And here Rodney. that thing comes. It's Rodney. Bringing that good Rodney. energy. He's he like, really put me is. in, coach. He's, I'm going through the tunnel on game day. <laughs> he's just this, like, ray of human sunshine. Yeah. And apparently all of the women have been like, I want to meet Rodney. Yeah. he And he wants to meet a lot of women. He says he wants to meet Teddy, Serene, and Eliza. But first he pulls Jill and she's like, I'm painfully single. I'm in the trenches. I'm hoping to meet you. You're the only person I was hoping to meet. <laughs> Romeo's like in the rear view window. We're not talking <laughs> about him anymore. Um, and he then pulls Teddy. Andrew is freaking out. He, she is the only reason Andrew came. Teddy, on the other hand, wanted to meet both Andrew and Rodney. Yeah, And something about having even a little bit of a spark with Rodney just like sets Teddy into a complete emotional meltdown. And I yeah. think like a, a complete shame and guilt spiral about the fact that she thinks it's not really working yeah. with Andrew. She's, she leaves this nice conversation with Rodney and she starts like crying. She's like, I feel so bad. I think he's amazing, but something just isn't there. I think that deep down or closer to the surface i think that teddy and andrew came in to be a paradise mom and dad couple they both yeah. thought that was going to happen with each other and she is not at all prepared or equipped to do paradise the other track the other track she's of paradise. not interested in it yeah, yeah she's not interested in dating around and i think that she might have felt a small spark with rodney but she was just like i don't it kind of clicks something in her where she's like, I just don't want to do this at all. If this is yeah. how my journey is going to shape up here, it's like not for me. I'm kind of torn about, well, we'll keep talking about what happens. So she she decides it's time to talk to Andrew. She pulls him aside. She's looking teary. She takes him to the furthest bed on the other side of the beach where, as Ashley correctly points out, you go to dump people. And <laughs> Ashley's like, I've been dumped there like three times. By my husband. And... She says to Andrew, I think you're so amazing. Every single quality you have is what I want in a partner. I'm attracted to you. I like kissing you. I don't understand 
what it is, but like, I'm not really affectionate with you the way I usually am. I'm not really all over you. I want that relationship, but clearly something is missing because that's not happening. And she's like, I don't know if it's like the setting. I don't know if it's you and that something is missing with us, but whatever it is, it's just not really working. But I came to meet you. And so like that, I'm like freaking out that like, it's not working for us. And he says that he thinks she's the right person for him, but he doesn't want to force anything. And Andrews, I think, accepts it with great equanimity. I think we have a clip. Here's the thing, Teddy, like, we gave it our shot, okay? I'm not mad at that. I wouldn't take back any of the time that we had. Um, but these, these are, this is your choice. Like, that's, that's, yeah. it's all your choice. Disappointing. That we maybe wouldn't have worked out, would you have not come? If we wouldn't have? Yeah, like if you knew ahead of time? Probably not, you know. Yeah, I just think that Andrew does treat Teddy with a lot of respect and handles this really well. Like, he seems sort of stunned and kind of still processing, understandably, like she's, She's already done some processing before she goes to talk to him. And the fact that he says to her kind of like, we gave this our shot. Like, this is this is your choice. Like, if you don't feel like this is working, like, I'm not going to force that. Uh, it was just, mm. it was a really, it, yeah. it's always kind of heartwarming to see people handle breakups really respectfully. Yeah. It was really, I thought they were both very respectful and and empathetic in this conversation and like really wanted to be kind to each other. And and that can be hard when you're feeling so like emotional and distraught. I do think he was really hurt and and blindsided, but he keeps it together. I, and I, I am still sort of trying to figure out what happens with Teddy. Like, I think maybe it is that she thought they were going to be a solid couple from the beginning and she doesn't want to play the field. I think it also seems to me like she is taking on a lot of like shame and um, self criticism for being attracted to someone who isn't her partner of like one day. Like I think that she's, she's taking on a lot of guilt and shame over being interested in multiple guys. And that really did strike me that like, she's really going through it. And why? Like she, she she just met this guy. She feels completely unmoored. And I I don't know. We, we do know that she grew up quite religious. Mm -hmm. She is on the younger side. I wonder if it's just like, you know, I don't know, being put in that position is just bringing up some shit from her childhood and kind of like bumping up against some of the things that she was taught or her own self-conception. But it it sucks. And you can tell, you can tell that everyone is trying to rally around her. Like people love Teddy. Yeah. And I see why, because she is very considerate and thoughtful and such a sweetheart. I, I'm not going to say that I'm considerate and thoughtful and a sweetheart, but in the sense of the religious upbringing and how difficult it can be to start dating around after that, I did relate to her. Like, you do idealize this idea of, like, your partner that you'll be completely loyal to until death. And when you think that that, when you see that that's not happening, 
panic can kind of set in. You're like, no, I can do it. Like, I can be like the loyal, committed, wifey partner forever. And she she feels guilt and like self-loathing for that, I think. And that that doesn't that makes me really sad to watch. I don't think she should be taking that much on. And it is all mixed up in this empathy she's feeling for Andrew, which I think is good, but also like I don't think that she should be making herself feel so awful right. that she, she's hurting him. Like this is part of bad, the deal. This is part of dating. This is part of trying people out. And you know, what she did was handle this in a respectful way. She went to him and she had a conversation about it and she was honest and he responded in kind and was very respectful back. And like, if you're going to date, you are either going to be hurt or you are going to hurt someone else at some point because that is part of it. And all you can do is operate in as respectful a way as possible. And it just made me sad to see her so broken down by this. Like, Jill is trying to comfort her. She's, you know, Jill is like, look, you can't predict chemistry. And I think that's true. Like sometimes you think something's going to work and you hope it's going to work. And it just, something is missing. Something doesn't click. But this makes Teddy just decide to leave. Yeah. Teddy goes, she packs all her things. We see her talking to producers being like, I just feel bad and I want to go. I don't want to say goodbye to anyone. I already talked to Andrew. That's all that matters. I just want to leave. If it didn't work with Andrew, it's not going to happen for me here. So I want to go home and find that person. This is one of the things that made me feel like there is an element, even though everyone is trying to be really supportive of like internalized shame here that she's like, I am a bad person that I couldn't make it work with the first guy that I connected with. Oh, I think clearly she's internalizing some shame. I don't think that anyone there is encouraging that, but that doesn't mean you can't feel yeah, that. But right? it is the like, crazy thing. It's like you just, you can't face the people because they rep, like, you don't want other people to see your shame, even though right. no one else you don't want thinks other you people should be to, ashamed. <laughs> you don't want other people to see your shame and you don't want to have to respond to it or yeah. even be comforted. Because when you're in that state, it's like, there's almost like an extra pain in hearing someone trying to to argue that you shouldn't be feeling that way. Yeah. When you're like, but that's all I feel. Yeah. So cut to Serene looking everywhere for her dear friend Teddy and her dear oh. friend Teddy's three giant suitcases, which she's packed into a van and headed off into the night with. Wells is the one who tells Serene that she's gone. And Wells, so tactful. He's like, Yeah, she's gone. Didn't she, she say bye to all of you? <laughs> Serena is is shocked and hurt. I think she's like, Teddy is one of my closest friends. She was excited to meet Rodney. Like, it doesn't make sense. You can tell that some of the women are sad and also, yeah, like feeling kind of pissed. Yeah. (laughs) Like, like in, in a way that I understand. Like, if your friend just up and left you at a party that you were like, we're going to this together, and then they just got upset and left and didn't tell you like you would feel hurt and I feel like there was some of that energy yeah I think that and Teddy was so fixated on how guilty she felt about Andrew that she was not in that moment thinking about her friendship obligations but her friends were very much thinking about them they're like you're our friend we wanted to know that you were leaving like you didn't think you should talk to us about it um Serene tells Andrew that Teddy's gone he's shocked oh he starts getting really upset. He's like, I botched it. 
I I mess things up. I Michael's like, no, like you didn't mess anything up. I agree. It's like really the most emotional fallout and and self um, loathing that you can see for such a well handled breakup. It's like everyone feels yeah. like a monster and like no one did no anything one, wrong. No one did all. anything wrong. <laughs> um, and so. The guys are upset, obviously, too, because a rose just walked out the door. Who's going to give them a rose? Jill finds out Jill's devastated. And guess what? Rodney still needs to give out his date card. And guess who he has decided to offer his date card to? A certain Miss Teddy Wright. So he rocks on up to the group. He's like, do you guys know where Teddy's at? And Jill's like, you need to sit down. She left. She's gone, dude. <laughs> and he's like, Ugh. and that is where we end. Another wild, wild week in paradise. And now it is time for love to see it, hate to see it. Yes. Love to see it. Love to see Casey and Michael's geriatric millennial energy. Speaks to my soul. Just buddies taking walks on the beach, giving fatherly advice to slightly younger women. It's, it's, I, I love seeing them <laughs> relax into their retirement. <laughs> also love to see Michael and Sierra's sweet and sad conversation about dating after a loss. I just wanted to give them a hug, both of them, after watching. And it was just handled really really beautifully yeah um i did want to sound one positive note about productions fun with sally's suitcase i did enjoy that it became a running gag seeing sally's suitcase chilling in different locations like her an intro package loved the the intro package with the suitcase in a bikini (laughs) chef's kiss yes yes have fun with it this is the way to do it this is that is the one way that i would have liked them to have fun with sally's suitcase (laughs) Uh, I also love to see all of the different couples um, that have formed, like just kind of chilling and being sweet together. I like seeing Serene applying Brandon's sunscreen. I'm just like, I want more of every day, early honeymoon love. It's beautiful. And now it's time for hate to see it. First of all, I hate to see my buddy Romeo attempting extremely unsuccessfully to be a fuckboy and really fucking with Jill in the process. Yeah, that was just... not for you. It's not for you, dude. Which is, which it, look, that's a good thing. Just it's not for you. Move along. Yeah, it's, it's not for everyone. Some of us will never be able to live that lifestyle in public and not be villainized. And <laughs> I just think you gotta lean into your strengths here. It was just, exactly. it was just hard to see him self-destruct in that way hated to see Casey's little good girl, bad girl dichotomy and the, I think, unintentional but still present uh, Madonna whore, like, slut-shamey language that crept into that conversation. Uh, But also, of course, hate to see Casey getting groped without consent and then subsequently really having no way to, no script to kind of articulate the discomfort that he felt because he is a straight man who is supposed to be just like sexually available all the time. Yeah, just like uh, everyone's behaving badly. Uh, I hated to see 
man in a dress comedy and the year of our lord 2022 i guys i really take really learn from snl we've had this conversation um i did write under hate to see it just Haley <laughs> sad face emoticon i wanted you to be the one to expand on that one it just made me sad like her whole attempt and then the rejection and the feeling inadequate and the cr- it was just cringe and yeah. i just i i just feel i feel bad for people who come in really like ready to play ball with production and then yeah. just like have their their here in yeah. Bachelor Nation so clearly articulated. It just sucks to watch. There is something about seeing a night one person come in that is like, this is the closest thing and it's not that far from it in Bachelor World to just having a fan come on the show. Right. And that is a dynamic that it's is very uncomfortable. It's uncomfortable <laughs> to watch. Also hate to see Kira calling the other women crazy. No, thank you. No, thank you. We don't talk and about finally, each other that way. Yeah. Not again in the year of our Lord 2022. <laughs> and finally, we hate to see Teddy leaving so soon because Teddy, we love you. We wanted more Teddy. Yeah. And like, I I wish at least that she had been able to, to say goodbye. I'm sure that she knew everyone would be like, no, don't leave. Stay. We love you. But it was hard to see her just there and then suddenly gone. <laughs> Ugh, and taking on all that shame in in the process. Hopefully, she had a good night in an air conditioned room, <laughs> and recovered nicely yeah. the next day. Let's rate this week's episodes. Yeah, um, out of a steaminess rating of ten margarita hot tubs. How many margarita hot tubs do we got this week? I was really back and forth on this one. At first, I was like seven, and then I was like three, and then I was like five. I think I'm actually coming back up to like a 6.5. It was confusing because like there was a lot of making out, but the overall feeling I got from these episodes was not like, ooh. (laughs) Yeah. That's the thing. It's like lots of making out and like sex toys and like skimpy outfits and like flirting. Oh, yeah. There was the whole Kira being like, I'm gonna pleasure myself. Masturbate thing. And Hunter being like, I didn't know we were allowed to be <laughs> yeah. which I, I did think was that. good. Okay, so I, I think I landed like a six. Yeah, I, I will say when the overall tone is so sobbing, much sobbing and awkwardness, it's hard to feel like it was majority steamy. So right. I, yeah, I think six is fair. That is it for Love to See It with Emma and Claire. Love to See It is produced by us, Claire Fallon and Emma Gray and Stitcher. This episode was edited by Tamika Weatherspoon. Our theme music is by Tamar Haviv and our art is by Celine Chang. Josephine Martirana is our executive producer. If you like our show, please remember to follow us wherever you get your podcasts and rate us five stars and leave a review. And of course, spread the word to all of your friends about our show. It really helps new people find us. If you want to get in touch, you can email us at claireandemmapod at gmail.com. You can also find us on Twitter and TikTok at love to see it pod and Instagram at claireandemmapod. And you can find our newsletter, Rich Text, on Substack at claireandemma.substack.com. This week, we did an Ask Us Anything episode. I'm also on Twitter and Instagram at Claire E. Fallon. And I'm at Emma Lady Rose. We will be back next week for week 
free of VIP. Stitcher. Streaming May 23rd only on BET Plus. Miss Pat is back. I'm excited. <laughs> and it's time for some grown ass family time. I am a man. Oh, you a man? That's right. Then take my clothes off. You ain't pay for none of that on your back. Dad, you can't ignore your mother forever. I've tried. Would you like me to backhand you again? The Miss Pat Show. Streaming May 23rd on BET Plus. To sign up and learn more, visit BET.plus. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour.